All right, look like everything is good. Make sure the audio is correct. What is that? That was shaking a bottle. Yep. <laughs> that's not. That's not so weird. Yeah, I'm actually pouring out a drink for my sponsors. So, uh, yeah. I'm okay. Ready to go. Are y'all ready? All right, good, good, good. All right, this is um first and frame is episode one forty two. Um, the whole gang is here. I will be here, but I won't be here. I, I have a few things I have to take care of for tonight, so I'm just doing the intro. DJ and Bills have all the topics. They the one came up with the topics. Everything is pretty much their episode. They're going to do everything, and they're going to run the show. So with that being said, um, I'm just going to give uh, my quick intro. I am VF Baller. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, um, we do first and frame rates every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, also, um, we talk about sports and sports gaming. Not only that we do this live, we also do this on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Google Play. Um, the last video I did did really well as far as talking about NBA Live. I appreciate everybody who came through and gave some feedback. Um, plan on doing more videos like that because I've been slacking for a while. Um, I do have another video in the can that kind of has nothing to do with those type of things, but I think you guys will find it interesting. Um, nevertheless, my weekend was great. Um, everything was good on my end, you know, just getting some home improvement things around the house, working on this outside lawn, yada, 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 just basic stuff. As far as gaming, same old, same old, nothing changed. So um, with that being said, I'm going to let these two guys take control. I'm pretty sure they're going to give you guys a great show. Um, a couple of people already like the um, video on um, the, the podcast so far. That's great. And if you have any feedback, I'm pretty sure these guys are going to let you know how they feel about it. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to let you guys take over. And um, I guess I'll be back around the end of it. So, all right. Um, anyone of y'all want to take over? Have at it. Um. <sighs> Bills, I've never heard you run a podcast before. So let and everyone's heard me run a podcast before. Um, I had one years ago on my channel, so I'm gonna let Bills take the lead. Yeah, so I mean, welcome everybody that comes weekly, and welcome to all the new listeners to First and Frame Rates podcast, which is me, uh, DJ, and VF, who just dipped out because he has some things to do. Um, here we talk about sports gaming. And we talk about sports, among other things. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's been pretty uneventful, honestly, last couple of days for me. I've just kind of been doing the same thing I was doing last Thursday, just kind of trying to get the marketing and everything together. and um, You know, doing a lot of things as far as my social media. But other than that, gaming, and I discovered a couple of indie games the past I'll say 24 hours that are going to really hold my time. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. How about you, DJ? I've been. Yeah, weekend was pretty uneventful, just like yours. Uh, let's see, i playing MLB to show. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, ever since I upped the difficulty level, it's been more engaging than ever before. So I definitely am enjoying my time. Um I'm definitely interested in those indie games. I did get a chance to check those out, the ones that you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. especially the, uh, the This Is The Police. Right. Um, and it's interesting, when I was li- watching the video for that game, uh, mm-hmm. 
somebody came across that same scenario that you did. Right. Because, I mean, it's kind of a story. So mm -hmm. there are certain parts that are probably going to be the same for most people. Right. And then there are other elements throughout the course of you being the police chief that you'll probably come across some unique ones. But that's like a main one that was playing out because I know uh, BB Resurrect told me about that same thing prior to me playing it. Um, and him talking about it on Snapchat is really what got me to playing it, honestly. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, Snowrunners. I'm glad they tell you up front exactly what it is. It's a terrain simulator. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it says it in the description. Because you know how, like, when you get games these days, and then when you have your gaming community YouTubers talk about it, they talk about walking simulator, climbing simulator, you know, yep. just to, you know, back, like backhand smack these games. I'm like, at least this game tells you how to back. This is a train simulator. So you're basically, uh, was it a trucking company? Or you're just, you're doing various missions where you're tested on your skills on how you navigate terrain. Well, it kind of seems like you're an independent contractor, right? I think so. Mm. And it's pretty much, you like operate through rain, sleet, snow. Well, I wouldn't say sleet. I'm just adding that in because. You know, I mean, it's right. possible, I guess, right? I guess so, but you know, it is what it is. I'm like, mm -hmm. I've seen gameplay of that, and the better your skills, it's like if you can read the terrain and you can figure out, and it's gonna take some some real driving skills. Like if you have to deal for auto, not not necessarily automatic, but if you, I guess if you have, if you operate a stick shift, if if mm -hmm. that's what your preference is, that right. that's gonna really be tested in a game like this. So. Yeah, because uh, we could just jump in that topic full-fledged. Um, you know, I, I haven't bought the game yet. I'm going to buy it, but mm -hmm. I was just watching gameplay this morning now. Even though this guy's commentary is very, very annoying, quite frankly. Um, mm -hmm. At the same time, I was enjoying the gameplay because, God, I mean, the way they simulate each vehicle mm -hmm. and its strengths and weaknesses and each terrain is amazing. It's like... I've never seen anything like it where you literally have to drive at a crawl pace in certain vehicles on, you know, dirt paths and they have puddles you can get stuck in. Mm -hmm. And then if the road is closed off, then you got to find a back road and maybe your, your truck isn't quite built for off road. So there's a lot of caveats, like as far as just the depth of, the terrains that you'll be driving through, it kind of reminds me of um the reason I like it. I, I was a big Ice Road Trucker fan. Mm -hmm. I watched that show a lot. And I was always interested to see just how they were going to combat all the different weather um, situations that they got into and just the width of the truck, knowing the width of the truck and all their experience. It was interesting to me because when I was younger, I wanted to be a truck driver. Right. Um. So this game's perfect. I don't know how long it is, but it, it seems dope. It definitely seems it definitely seems dope. It seemed like also what's part about it was what's part of it is the fact that you can reveal parts of the map. So mm -hmm. it's you're gonna explore at some point just to come across right. different missions, jobs. Uh mm -hmm. you can customize your vehicles, which mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like so you know, I think as you can customize to the point where you can change the bumper. Obviously, you can change the tires. 
um, the types of vehicles. There was one mission I saw where you have a tractor trailer that you have to uh, haul. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of interesting. Right. Um, it gets people... harder as you go along because the first oh, yeah. mission seems, you know, kind of like a tutorial in a way. And then on top of that, like I said, you have your weather effects. I have I haven't seen a mission with with the oh no, I've seen one mission transition from uh dry to it's started to rain. So it almost kind of reminds me of the transitions in weather you would see in Drive Club. Yeah, because the walkthrough I saw, mm-hmm. he was playing and um he had just picked up this uh this truck that you carry lumber with, and he realized that the road was closed because, you know, he thought he was clean sailing. Boom, going to be on the road, not going to have to deal with any dirt, mud. Mm-hmm. Then he remembers, oh, crap, it's closed. So then that's when it kind of like it was all bad from there because then it's like he realizes that he has to go down the dirt road. It starts raining. Mm-hmm. You can see the mud start to form. Like it's not just dirt at that point. It's literally like it mud. just it just cakes up. And it was and a then, gradual rain, right? And then uh-huh. it picked up and picked up. So it's going to be interesting because I'm, I'm going to play the hell out of that game. I really am. I'm going to play a lot of it. See, the funny thing about that game is the wonder. It, I wonder, it, can you switch your viewpoints? Because the view I kept seeing was the... You mean like cockpit um, cam, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He probably... I feel like the person that I, I was watching probably just stayed on that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would be dope to kind of do a uh, see the inside of the truck, right? Yeah, because that'll be the type that, you know, if, you know, VF, he definitely likes the, like, the racing wheel. The, I think he'd be right vehicle. at home with that. Well, yeah, that's what he does. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I feel like <laughs> I, was about to say, yeah. I, I would love his review to see how close to, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, reality it is, because obviously he does it for a living. So, it'd be right. interesting to see his perspective of it. Yeah. So, all right. So, when it comes to, Indie games, like I said, we were just talking about SnowRunners. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my overall view about indie games is that they definitely have emerged in the last generation, which is kind of odd because you would think your big time studios would be the ones that, sh- that would shine, you know, the brightest when mm-hmm. you have uh, graphical upgrades, performance upgrades, and whatnot. But right. it seems like those type of games have been the most disappointing. You know, people are expecting like the the stars and the moons from and from this uh, from these games, and then mm-hmm. they get nothing. But you get an indie indie studio, you're not really expecting much, and then pow, they get you with mm-hmm. some interesting gameplay. Like we were just talking about Snowrunners, with the the fact that they're simulating uh, different environments, different atmospheres as far as trucking is concerned mm-hmm. this is the police giving you like a story mode but it's also a simulation mode where you can it's like uh roster management uh i guess mm-hmm. uh see roster management they literally on a on a there's a sequel to that game too they yeah, literally saw, tell yeah. you they literally tell you in the description is it this is it this like they give you different types of simulations it was like mm-hmm. it's all of them right so yeah um i mean just for me you know, the first indie game I really sunk my teeth into was um, Firewatch. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's just, you know, it starts out really slow. You're a camp counselor. It seems like nothing. 
And then slowly but surely the story builds and you're like, this is really, this is a really good story. And, you know, I don't, I haven't really played indie games much, or I should say I hadn't prior to these next gen consoles, mm-hmm. but Firewatch was when I was like, yeah, I, I really need to start giving more of these games. Like I think Limbo technically counts as one, right? Yes, it, it does. So I actually named a song after it. That's how much I admired that game. Hmm. Um, because it, the thing about these indie games, they don't have the, they don't have the handcuffs. They don't have the training wheels that these big companies have mm-hmm. as far as improving the game. If they want to improve the game, then they can just do it without having to go through any jump through any hoops. If right. that's really what they want to do, they can do it. As long as they have the resources, as long as they have the money, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. The issue is you got the big companies like Ubisoft who show you one thing at E3 and give and you a complete opposite, complete different thing by the time you get it. And then you expect the next iteration to be better and it's worse. And they don't improve upon what they did, the few things that they did right. But it's like, for example, this is the police. Like you said, it's so immersive. It's so deep. There's so many layers to it. And it's a simulation, and you can tell that that's what they're going for, and they're unapologetic about it, which is another thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of these big companies try to tiptoe around simulation, whether it's a simulation shooter or a simulation sports game. They try to tiptoe around it. They give you certain elements, but they don't give you the whole thing. And with these indie developers, they try to find their niche, and they try to get their niche crowd that they'll satisfy. Mm-hmm. And they'll stick to that. And if other people come and play it, then great. But they're not going to try to branch out of what they are as a game, as a developer, to bring in more people. They're just not going to do that. Yeah, and then, let's see. There were other indie studios that tried to step up to the big leagues. Uh, The main one I'm talking about is Hello Games. Mm -hmm. uh, With their game, No Man's Sky. Now, Sean Murray... Definitely, definitely failed initially when this game came out because the big talk was that this game was going to have everything you can imagine. It, not only was it going to be like an endless universe, but it's going to have dinosaurs and stuff like that. And then when the game came out, it absolutely had none of that in there. It had the endless universe, but you didn't know what the hell was going on. You were just right. traveling for no reason. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they made up for it, and now the game is probably one of the one of the best indie games that's out there i'm not gonna say ever seen because obviously there are some indie games that limbo being one of them had a great story and then uh, they had a, they had a sequel uh what was it called inside i think i think so yeah so i, have, I haven't played that one yet that one looks even crazier than the first one mm-hmm. so vf talking about i'm not on the I'm not on this episode, but he chimes in. He has to definitely check just to make sure he comes right. in at the end. I was going to say, mm-hmm. Insurgency, speaking of Insurgency, right. I was browsing some games today. Insurgency is going to be coming out in August on consoles. So they finally set a date you could pre-order it. So that's going to be might- pretty dope. I don't know why they're waiting until August. They must. I'm like everybody's in house in the in inside their homes now. Right. I mean, <laughs> by the time they're 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 playing a dangerous game, in my opinion, because 
knowing like the time of year that a lot of shooters release and then sports you're gonna games. release it in August, which is around the time where sports games, yeah, it's like I don't know. You might be right. I mean, there's not really a lot of big releases between now and I would say September mm-hmm. or August. There's not many, so right. I don't know. And then with not to mention we we left off too uh involving football. Uh mm-hmm. with uh Axis football and maximum football. Yep. So you had those two studios rate like step it up another notch in their games now how about super mega uh super oh, mega yeah, that's right that's they're, right yeah they're coming yes. out tomorrow which you know as an indie game once again you can do certain things like they're going to come out on a wednesday which is very unique yeah i was looking at that i, I looked at my watch real quick i was like wait a minute normally it's either tuesday or friday release but wednesday hmm that is interesting yeah, I was confused because, yeah, I, I looked today and I was like, oh, I get to play it today. And it's like, no, it's going to be May 13th. So, now um, that it, you know, I'm excited because I can't play MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, next year. You know, ne- next year you're ready right. to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I could always get I could always get a PS5, which, you know, I'm still no. on the fence about whichever one. But, I mean, I know it's going to be multi-platform, right? So Right now, everybody's just, everybody should just wait. Wait. That that whole thing with PS5 and Xbox. Oh, like, you know what? That's another topic we need to talk about. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, King David said, "I wouldn't include The Witcher Three in that list." Uh, CD Projekt Red is part of a program from the Polish government, if I recall. Yep. So, I mean, okay. He also said the the super mega baseball games are great. I almost uh, with somebody would make a football game. Yeah, I mean. A football game would definitely be Yeah, but I kind of hope 2K goes with, you know, semi-realistic player models. So it's kind of like NFL Street. Well, they got they kind of they kind of have to tote that line because you know the semantics game that EA will play like, oh, they oh, got realistic player models. Yeah. That simulation, no, we got the right. got the exclusivity over that. Yeah, well, let me tell so, you something. The deep safety play will be better in the arcade game in 2K. <laughs> what we see in Madden sometimes is definitely 2K8. But uh, Oh, another thing about Super Mega Baseball that mm-hmm. that in the past was in certain games, mm-hmm. but the fact in franchise mode as players age, they their bodies change, and I think the visual characteristics change. Like they're, they start growing gray, going gray. To symbolize that they're getting older, so it's that's right. an interesting aspect. And just and they just add, this is the first year of their franchise mode. They've always had a season mode, but this is their first year franchise. So and I, they're I, coming with some major things in there that I'm not gonna name. A certain game is lacking, mm. um, like that whole thing about the, you know the. Um, how their stats decrease as they get older and the appearance of them growing a beard and things like that. Um, those are things that aren't in really any game, quite frankly. Nope. Um, and then, you know, you have the scouting. And I think it's interesting what they did. They don't really have trades, but, you know, you can sign and release players, and it's kind of similar to how it works in 
real life. So there's some things that they're really adding in for it to be the first year of franchise for them. It's pretty good from what I've heard. Yeah, it's kind of funny that a certain game doesn't want to say that they can put enough into their franchise mode in one year, but Super Mega Mm -hmm. Baseball looks like they got a lot. And look how excited (laughs) the fans are for an offline franchise mode. Mm-hmm. Yet this game that we're not going to mention claims that people are much more into the other modes, despite the outcry for franchise improvements. But you know, yeah. Um, let's get to uh, real football gamers question real quick. So I have one question before I go. NBA two K fourteen, NBA two K sixteen. I have NBA two K fourteen because I love the gameplay and graphics footage, but have been hearing two K sixteen is a step ahead on every level except graphics. Um, I'll let you take that one first. I really didn't like 2K16 for some reason. It, it seemed like 16 as a whole between 2K and Live just didn't impress me as much. My, my, still, my fit. It's funny that he skipped 2K15, which I thought was the best out of all of them, as, okay. especially. Uh- especially involving player movement. And I do have a series from 2K15 where I went through my My League and, you know, you look at the player movement there. And it's funny. It's that people were complaining about how players were moving, how the shots were not as what uh, realistic. And you look at it, you look at the game right now, it's just like, eh, yeah, I beg to say that 2K15 at the time, even right now, would have better player movement. Was two K fifteen um the first year they had the roster uh the the rotation timeline or did they add that uh later? I think that was sixteen. Okay, because I remember doing a video and I think it was based on sixteen, which might have add got a lot of views. That mm-hmm. and a certain other games injury slider, <laughs> no marketing team, <laughs> no advertisement, and mm-hmm. only three hundred and some subs. How's that for output? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, and it was 20 week, 21 K's, by the way. That's mm-hmm. 21, 21 K, but um, subscribers. So, I would say, I would, I don't know, man. 2K14 was good, like, there were a lot of things in 2K14 that still haven't really been replicated visually. I would say it hasn't been replicated because that I'm like, for a game to just that game told you visually this is a next-gen game the lighting and the facial expressions from the players mm-hmm. and and what in that 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 commercial with lebron and his his player avatar in the game talking yeah i'm like and it's funny because it brought back a something that 2k had done in espn 2k5 because everybody remembers the player interviews after the game even mm-hmm. though they were like generic voices but this one, it was like 2K brought it back and added their own oomph by putting specific players, and and they've kept it going ever since. I'm glad they haven't dropped that aspect. They've added in coaches that speak. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the coaches at halftime. Live was doing that for a little bit. So, it's, right. I mean. Yeah, because 2K16, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the one where everybody was like crazy, crazy skinny? Yes. 2K14 had a lot of different body types. Yeah, they were, they were people starving. <laughs> I'm like everybody. It made no sense. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, um, the indie games thing, I would definitely, uh, whatever your interests are that you would probably go to a AAA title for, I, I would definitely look and see if there are any indie titles because, you know, these, these indie devs are, they're putting in work. So, uh, anybody check out American Fugitive? It looks like it could be fun. Uh, no, nah, look it up though. Yeah, I definitely need to see what that's about because I never even heard about it until you brought it up to now. Right. So let's see. Let me see what else is in the chat. We'll probably see something we missed. Oh, um, Ravens Nation earlier said Escape from Tarkov is an indie game, and he's correct. That and that, my friends, is a good survival game mm-hmm. to to play in. It's in the mold of uh, Daisy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it has the zombies as much. And right. you're more likely to run into other players mm-hmm. than you would in DayZ. Like, and it's funny because I talk about DayZ. Um, when that came out on consoles, I was on it heavy for a little bit. And then I just, I literally just dropped the game. They made that game seem like that was going to be like the end all be all for zombie shooters. Well, there was another game that was supposed to come out, Survive the Nights. It well, it's out on early access, but uh, you know the whole early access program. When you, shoot, that's another thing about indie games, uh, especially on PC. These early access games, these mm-hmm. games stay on early access for a long time. Right now, though, right now, from as far as games that people know about, Star Citizen is still in early access from from what I recall. They've mm. they've been in early access ever since what 2015? It's been a while. And yeah, I'm just like, look, either you're gonna re- release as a full game or not. Oh, also some other games, uh Astroneer. I was playing that for a little bit. That Ooh. was a good one, and that's on Xbox, so you can actually get that because it it and they actually went from early access. It's a full game now. It's full release. It did its full release uh, last year, I believe. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah, um, that's, that's like space exploration and resource okay. management type of indie indie game. So, um, you know, talking about this, let's let's get into um. Let's jump into what you call it. Let's jump into these next gen consoles because there was some big news that came out about Assassin's Creed today. It didn't make a lot of people very happy. Um, they're mm-hmm. saying that once again, the minimum will be thirty frames per second. That's 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 terrible. It's like, how many generations do we have to wait? To get every game locked at 60 frames minimum. I don't get it. I don't I do not get it. You know, I sat there and I thought about it. And it's one of those things where people are just more caught up in visuals mm-hmm. and the companies are reacting. It's not I'm not, you know, taking the blame away from these companies because they have a duty to make sure that these games perform well. Yep. Not just visually, but also, uh, you know, frames per second wise. You mm-hmm. know, you want the smoothest gameplay pro- possible. And I remember 
playing games at 60 frames per second almost at a that was the minimum on Sega Dreamcast. Right. So I often ask this question, where did we get away from 60 frames per second being the standard from the Sega Dreamcast? And the answer is pretty much people are getting caught up in the visuals. They want detail, detail. I'm like, people like hard eight times, detail, detail. I want to see this detail, this detail, this detail. And And not saying that they don't like performance, you just hear more talk and more the audience is bigger for visuals, graphic fidelity, 4K, 8K, all these visuals that, you know, right now, if you have a gaming PC and a fairly good rig, you can go 4K 60 frames per second with no problem. Mm -hmm. But for these consoles, I feel like the consumers have cried too much about graphic fidelity, details, 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 and have completely gone silent on the performance aspect of it. Smooth gameplay. They want they want better better visuals over smooth gameplay. So right. me going into this generation, it's like for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's like minimum 30 frames per second. You couldn't even get 4K consistent on the last gen. Mm. Let's get 60 consistent and let's lower the resolution. Like uh, King David Creates, he put out there, said the PC space sweet spot at the moment is actually 1440p, 144, um, I guess, hertz. And that's true. And, and, that's where the console should aim for. If you okay, like um, if you play Madden, Madden twenty or any of the Maddens on PS4 Pro, if right. you drop the resolution down to 1080p, pretty much most of the game runs either a little bit below 60 at 60. It kind of judders back and forth depending on which console you play. But if you drop the resolution, you're getting 60 frames per second for most of the time um, from cutscenes to actual gameplay. Um, obviously, if you have it on 4K, it it's 30 frames per second or a little bit higher on the cutscenes and 60 frames or a little bit below that on the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLB The Show, which is a very demanding game. I feel like my PS4 Pro keeps acting like it's going to take off. Right. But uh, within the game itself, you can have it on uh more better visuals which will make it 4k but run at 30 to maybe 40 frames per second sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll dip below 30 which is for a baseball game we already talked about an issue about the ball going through the bat and the difference between the frame showing the ball going through the bat and the frame skipping the ball going through the bat and i actually have video (laughs) to prove that Mm -hmm. so we need 60 frames per second as the minimum. No one should get this game. No one should get a console until they figure that out. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because you know a lot of people just they don't care about frames per second, but I mean you can notice a clear difference between 
like um, NBA 2K20 and actually, I mean, I would say, yeah, NBA 2K20 and Madden would be the best example. NBA 2K20 will run 60 frames per second pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's 4K or 1080, it doesn't matter. Like, But a lot of these other games are struggling. You would think they would have had to figure out with these next-gen consoles, but apparently not. I think with the shooters, it's more apparent that the frames per second, because I can't believe there's even a debate about this. Um, the Obviously, the higher frames per second you have, the better you can see movement. Uh, the smoother the gameplay. Like, if you want to... Uh, if you want to track enemy movements in a first-person shooter, mm. if it's at thirty frames per second, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a rough time tracking people move. But if you have it have it like at sixty, obviously that's gonna be better. And then obviously above sixty, some people have gotten it to like one hundred forty one hundred forty four. Have gotten it to like two hundred frames per two hundred fifty frames per second. That's obviously steady movement, almost lifelike almost i think when we're trying to figure out visually see this is another question i've always had and i look at my own vision what am i tracking in real life it's not anything higher than to me i i may have to do more research but i feel like i can only my eyes visually in the human eye can track maybe 60 frames per second like if i look at it maybe 60 maybe a little bit higher so if I'm looking at a TV, 200, anything above 60, it's going to appear weird as hell visually. Mm-hmm. But it obviously is smoother gameplay. Because, I mean, I looked this up a while ago. It's it, now, technically, technically, the human eye can detect a thousand frames per second, so they claim. Okay, that's what I always wanted to know. Okay, so I'm glad that's cleared out because I always, when I'm looking at something, I'll like, I'll, the test is I'll wave my hand in front of my face. And what was I able to catch from it? Now, variables from that, we're talking like we're scientists here. (laughs) The variables from that is that, okay, how good is my vision in the first place? I have 20, 30 vision in both eyes. So there, Mm. that's a, that's a one, one, way you can look at it some people they're 2020 so they'll probably see more uh right Right. in there some people have like 2010 which is crazy yeah i mean yeah i think i i think it that the human eye would probably top off around about 100 120 Mm -hmm. like the average person see that's what i was thinking around there at least it, the division your human eye would double what games are trying to get at as a standard which is 60 frames per second that, yeah at that point you wouldn't be able to like even appreciate like what you're seeing see and then it leads to the visual aspect how much resolution can the eyes pick up because mm-hmm. everybody's like i need more graphics i need more visual fidelity and it's like look if you obviously you can tell the difference between 1080 and 1440p and obviously 4k but uh do you need do you need 4k right now because these consoles are struggling we're struggling this past gen to get give you 4k i'll be honest i don't have a 4k tv currently in my room Mm -hmm. i've been playing on my on my tv it's a vizio 
It's just a regular HD TV. Um, I wouldn't say I need 4K, but fuck, it's nice, man. It's well, it's. I mean, I I I like it. So I'm not, I'm not gonna downplay 4K, but I would say anybody who doesn't care about 60 frames per second probably hasn't either played 60 frames per second and gone to a game that was 30 frames per second, or they just haven't played six, a game at 60 frames per second. Period. Well, I remember the biggest jump for me was playing Battlefield 4. Now, I had just, and this is when the PS4, just the regular PS4 that jumped from the 360 to the PS4 playing, I think the last Battlefield game I played was Battlefield 3. I didn't buy Battlefield 4 for the 360. I went, got my PS4, and had Battlefield 4. And then to, to see, to go from 30 to 60, now obviously PC was already doing 60 or plus with Battlefield, mm-hmm. but to go from 30 frames per second in a shooter to 60, was crazy. I, I my eyes had to do a lot of adjusting. To, it's definitely to different. To it. It's definitely different. So it's going to be interesting to see what these other these other companies um do because Microsoft has already said they want the standard to be 4K and anywhere from 60 to 120 frames per second. So. And see the other thing I somebody brought up uh, ray tracing. Because that's another visual fidelity type graphics improvement. And and I don't know if consoles, I'm like, this is going to be added into the whole equation for these mm-hmm. next-gen consoles. So I'm like, they could be, they were barely doing 4K. Now you're going to add ray tracing. And some games, they're going to take up to a 30 frames per second hit. I mean, so it's like, is, the, is it worth it for the extra lighting? It's like I said, it's like I said last week. If the graphics for the rest of time topped out around what's in Red Dead Redemption 2, I'll be fine with it. Mm-hmm. I think the game runs at 60 frames per second. It's a fucking gorgeous game. So, yeah, I- I'm fine with the resolution topping out at what I've seen in Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Um,. Yeah, David King David Craze is saying ray tracing is still heavily taxing even on PC. Mm-hmm. So I mean <sighs> there are like there are advantages to HDR that I guess a lot of people haven't really noticed that they haven't played 4K. Mm-hmm. Um the the whites are way whiter, the blacks are way blacker. That sounds really racist. Um <laughs> but no, I mean the colors it's like the, the colors, whites the whiter when you go to West Virginia, the blacks are blacker when you go to DC. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, no, it's just the graphics, it, it's definitely different, man. Like I played Gran Turismo on the PS4, and you know, HDR is another thing that's very important if if you if you're a graphics person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see what these companies do. I'm more so worried about the depth that we're gonna get as far as the modes and things of that nature, especially in sports games. I'm not really worried too much about the role playing games. Mm. More so worried about what jump Madden's gonna make and if any and 2K and FIFA for sure. Uh, NHL, that's another one. Well, it's also we're supposed to 
get the PS5 revealed tomorrow. Yeah, but who said it though? Because I I saw a tweet from uh Kids Move and he and he said it and he's been spiteful as of late. So I I I heard there was an event that was supposed to be June 4th by mm-hmm. uh PlayStation. So I would be more inclined to think that will be on the fourth on the fourth of June. Any type of uh, reveal. There's I, also a rumor that it's coming out in October. Apparently, I heard Sony also uh, they 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 squashed that rumor. Well, so they 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 denied it, but you know doesn't necessarily squash it. But it, they denied that October is the release date because they somebody was using a jobs posting mm-hmm. to put that out there. So, not a claim that the Xbox Series X is going to be a hundred dollars cheaper than the PS5. Um, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on the um the, the which because remember Xbox is coming out with multiple consoles next generation. It ain't just going right. to be one. So the price point is going to be like one, two, or three ways. I'll say this: if the PS4 price point is anything like what I'm saying, uh, or I should say the PS5 price point is anything like. What I'm seeing from the PS4 Pro right now on Amazon, yeah, Xbox might be less. Because right now, you know, on Amazon, you're not going to find a PS4 Pro for less than basically 500 which is I think is utterly ridiculous. What another console around the corner. Um, This generation may be the generation where I just look at it and like, let me start getting my PC together. Because this will be the first time that Xbox is less than the PS4, uh, than, than PlayStation at launch, right? I think so. At least for the past, you know, between the Pro and the Xbox One and PS4, definitely. Right. So, um, want to jump in the last dance? Well, since we're still in video games, let's do the 2K sliders. We can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so just um, yeah. to let everybody know, we we are scientists when it comes to these sliders. It's not just with 2K. We we Bills and I we both talk about it when it comes to NHL's franchise. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because these two games allow us to do these things. Right. <laughs> There's not a lot of games. Part. Right. I'm like 2K goes a little further because you can share rosters. And I did tell you the truth. Bills is more roster oriented in 2K than I am. I'm like, mm-hmm. he can tell you the ins and outs and what um certain things affect. And 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 thank you, developers of 2K, even though I feel like I've been frozen out from communicating <laughs> with you guys. But thank you for giving us the tools to be able to you know quickly edit these rosters to mm-hmm. our liking, but also being it also gives us an avenue to uh, be critical of the roster creator because right. that dude is sleeping on the job. Ugh. He clearly is sleeping on the job. But with that being said, go right ahead, Bills. Yeah. Um. I mean, to your point, there are a lot of games that have basic, basic sliders. Um. And, you know, we we hammer Madden a little bit on this show, but fuck, I mean, it, it, it's not our fault that every time we talk about something negative that's going on in gaming, Madden just applies. That's their fault. So, 
once again, let's talk about them for a second because their sliders are very basic. Even even taken away in an aspect of it, which is going to be very important when we talk about it later because Bills and I have this it's it, it's a disagreement, but it's it's nice to have this disagreement because the fact that you have control over a certain slider set, or you have more control to control the game and make it what you want versus what you know Madden does. So Madden right. has gotten more basic for whatever reason they feel is necessary, which to me, Bills and a lot of people is unnecessary. Just Give people the control to fix the to not well yeah fix the game that's what some people would say but basically uh create the game that they envision versus because at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day even though clint played football let's be real the man barely saw the field in the pros so i, I he learned a lot but to apply it to a video game from a fourth string lineman, nah, uh-uh. I know somebody rashed him on it years ago, and I defended Clint on that. But at this point, it's past the time where this game should have got his act together a long time ago. But the hand of the suits, they do what they do. So I'll I'll start by talking about Madden sliders before we get to 2Ks because it's important that I kind of explain this. Mm-hmm. Peter Francis said, uh, Madden sliders are still a mystery as to how they work year to year. Unfortunately, they're not. Because the thing is, the sliders are the same every year. It's just nobody's ever truly come out, well, other than me and a couple other people who make sliders, and told people what they mean. And EA is not going to come out and confirm it because they don't fucking know. We have to tell them half the time. Uh So let's start with pass accuracy. Pass accuracy, one would think, would just be how accurate a quarterback is, right? Yeah, Wrong. And, and, and what we're t- and, and what we mean is like, okay, is he gonna? How much is he gonna miss? Is he gonna miss high? Right. Maybe a little bit. Is he gonna? Is he gonna be like a big miss? Exactly. Are starting quarterbacks like your Tom Brady's mm-hmm. misses gonna be smaller or bigger according to how you're adjusted? Exactly. Unfortunately, there's way more than that because the thing is, okay, if you put the accuracy sky high, um, oh, we're going to get to that Ravens Nation, don't worry. So if you put the accuracy sky high, you're going to get the quarterback just throwing willy-nilly because he knows, it's almost like he knows that his slider is like crazy high. Mm -hmm. So he'll just start throwing in the coverage because he's like, look, it doesn't matter if your coverage is there. And he'll throw more deep passes, too. Way more deep passes. And he'll throw in the triple coverage, quadruple coverage. The guy can be covered. It doesn't matter. He'll throw into that coverage because it's almost like he knows that his accuracy is, like, maxed out. And even your noodled arm quarterbacks will throw deeper. There's no fear. They're going to throw on the run across their body. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Now, the lower you have it, you're going to have some incompletions that you're going to scratch your head and say, ooh, that was a bit too inaccurate. But if you can find that happy medium, like for me, I think I have it on six right now. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you have to you have to figure out, like, what difficulty level you're going to play on. We're going to get into that. So I play on all Madden. So I said, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to put the accuracy down to one, and I'm going to work my way up. So one, they were way too inaccurate. It was crazy. 
Their decision making was fine, but they were way too inaccurate. Two, same thing. Three, same thing. Once I got to four, I started to see a lot of improvements. You started seeing quarterbacks put passes into the spots that they usually couldn't, right? Now, even though they weren't in completions, you couldn't even physically throw the ball to those spots. Mm-hmm. Um, And then five, I think, is a sweet spot because five, they really, at that point, they are realistically inaccurate. They will complete the passes that they should, but there are certain times where very difficult passes they'll miss. I think I have it on six because I think there were even a couple incompletions on five that were a bit egregious. But yeah, pass accuracy takes a lot of things into account. Run blocking, uh, pat. Well, let's, let's go to pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, so few, I would okay. say just to jump in real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years ago, we did zero theory. Yes, for a lot of sliders, and it worked a whole lot back then. And then um, they put a patch out. Yeah. And they basically were like, oh, hey, the community is positively interacting? No, we can't have that. You can't know our game better than us. Look, and, and the funny thing, they ruined it. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is that for the – and this this will cover my end as far as run blocking and pass blocking. So what I felt was going on was that obviously the game at 50 – in the middle at 50 is an animation overarching, you know, Skynet, you know, something versus would say uh, would be Skynet. I felt like the less you had the, 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 the smaller that slaughter was like, get it down close to zero as possible. The less Skynet had control, the more physics took over. Like I did this for tackling. I started with tackling before I I went on to pass blocking and the tackling uh, one was really interesting. Oh yeah, the t- you were seeing Madden twenty five, Madden thirteen type stuff taking place when you drop that tackling slider to where you would get the least amount of like what they call suction type animation tackles because you would literally have to be as close as possible. To to point of making contact to affect the player, ball carrier, whatever. So if you apply that same principle to run and pass blocking, what it was is that instead of being sucked into a block or whatever, mm-hmm. they would literally go off a of contact or yep. close proximity, which in turn would keep the linemen in their lanes as they're blocking, forming a more natural uh, pocket. Yeah. So that was that was my theory as far as that. And same with run blocking. It was the same thing. There was a lot of push that I didn't see prior to having it on zero, where the ends were really getting upfield, and it seemed like a realistic pocket, and it would break down like a realistic pocket. Mm-hmm. The issue became when this year they went, and now the pass rush is crazy, and now people are bitching about it. Because even on 50, the pass rush was crazy. So they, like, the other thing with the run blocking is um, I put the run blocking all the way up. See, I, I was noticing that the computer wasn't really gaining much traction as far as running the ball last year. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. They They couldn't hold blocks. 
the running backs came out. Um, they, they couldn't read. And, and I talked to DJ about this. I think part of it is the game speed. But, yeah, the running backs couldn't read the holes they were supposed yeah, to run through. That, yeah, that's part of what we're going to talk about in a little bit, game speed. I was holding – it was crazy. I was holding top running backs with great lines to, like, negative yards for an entire game. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the lower you put the run block, and believe it or not – uh, more times than not, it actually works out for the line. It seems like they go a lot more on positioning, and ratings matter a lot more. And now, if you, if, oh, if you, oh, just one thing: if you do run like a zone blocking play, you'll get more of the natural cutback lanes that'll pop up. Yep. Yep. Uh, wide receiver catching. This one's an interesting one. Hmm. Because this one seems like it literally is how often they catch the ball and how often they drop it. But I feel like the quarterback accuracy kind of goes with it. Like you can't tweak one without tweaking the other. It does. And my theory has always been there's a range Mm -hmm. that – goes up and down with that slider and it's sensitive right because if you increase the wide receiver catching Mm -hmm. it increases their range to either attempt to catch or possibly be suctioned into a catch Mm -hmm. um you'll probably with that being said you'll probably run into increased animations like them actually diving for a pass yep and like I remember over the years, just a side note, over the years they've claimed they had so many animations for whatever was done on a football field. But how many of you guys in the chat have seen it? When's the last time anybody seen a wide receiver dive for a ball? Like just just playing with the game on default or whatever slider. When's the last time a wide receiver is just – and you don't expect every wide receiver to dive for a ball, make a diving catch or whatever – you see a lot of these jump grabs. You see a lot of those. That doesn't count. I'm talking about like laid out. Like you can get your back of the end zone diving grabs, your possession type diving for catches. I mean, look, I'm still last- waiting for the animations from 2K5 where the ball would kind of be out of range, but the DB would put a hand up and try to bat it away. <laughs> VF is like, I've seen it. I mean, my those things don't happen. <laughs> Yeah, he's tripping. <laughs> but no, I mean, those are the things. Like, okay, they said they were going to take super linebackers away this year. They and what they've in. done is they've bastardized the linebackers because now none of the middle linebackers, or really none of the linebackers at all, can jump for a fucking interception. And unless they have a special player trait. But here's the thing. You will want linebackers to at least attempt for it. That's what I'm saying. And it's just like the certain now they don't even they just them. watch it sail over their heads. That's what I'm saying, and bro. And remember so plants areas and cover two are fucking useless. Yeah, and remember remember doing launch, uh, you would get to the goal line and the linebackers were completely useless. Oh, yeah. In goal line situations. It was, it was awful. It was awful. <sighs> so what I had to do was, you know, uh, like DJ said, make rosters. I put Every linebacker's catching. I can't make this up. 
I put every linebacker's catching up to an 80 and above, and they started going for those passes. And play ball in the air, you have to you have to put that um you have to put that at aggressive. And then all of a sudden they also they, they start going after him, they bat him away. It's the dumbest fucking thing. It's crazy. So um so yeah, let's get to uh let's get to the, the pass coverage side of things because this is where the zero theory really mm. shined. Yeah, because uh, it seemed like that slider was in reverse. Yep. The lower the slider, the better the coverage was. Yep. If you put the if you put the react especially the reaction time, you mm-hmm. put the reaction time down to zero, all of a sudden you're not really seeing flat footed DBs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um when the quarterback, you know, takes off out of the pocket, you're seeing a lot better reactions from that. The closest defender, if he's not covering a receiver or a running back, he'll peel off and try to, you know, tackle the quarterback as soon as possible. There are a lot of things that you see that on default you don't see. The issue is it only works on all pro because on all Madden, mm-hmm. they all... basically turn your defenders into idiots when you put yeah. it at zero. Yeah, that's what they call – what is it? Um, the – Something of difficulty. The I forgot the the, the saying. Um, I know Apex says something like that. It's like when you increase uh, the difficulty, yeah. they don't, they have a hard time keeping it uh, as a fair game. Like yeah, how they display like, it, how they simulate yeah. it. It's it's not Apex. If you're listening, please chime in because you right. you came up with the phrase. I I'll give you that, and it, it's right. a perfect phrase when it comes to. De- the degree of difficulty, the expression of difficulty in these games can be poor at times. Yeah, I mean, um, so I say all that to say all those sliders I just went over are just basic things, right? And you have to kind of guess what they mean. But 2K and NHL, we're going to get to, 2K has it where the sliders, like, they all have a clear meaning, most of them. Mm-hmm. And they impact just that one thing. So if you're adjusting pass accuracy, that's what it's going to address pretty much, well, most of the time. It also kind of addresses like the type of passes that they attempt, but, mm-hmm. you know, shot blocking is shot blocking. It doesn't adjust anything else. It's shot blocking. Stealing is stealing. Um, three point success is three point success. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty straightforward. Um, but they have a lot of them. So mm-hmm. I'll let DJ kind of explain his um what what he's noticed. Okay, so me and Bill's talked about this earlier, and we have a disagreement here. And basically, it's a theory that I took from NHL because and anybody who watched that stream that I had just the other day, that was the result of the theory I had, and which was, and this involves player movement. So there's a thing called game speed in 2K that you can control. You can There's a slider for that. He Bills, you have yours at 50, correct? Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, and I have mine at 70. Now, my theory is that game speed involves the speed of animations. 
not necessarily the player speed itself. And, and obviously the other side of it, there's player speed, which that could be adjusted in the individual CPU uh, user sliders. So what I did was in 2K, I have my games, game speed at 70. The player speed, I kind of left alone, like acceleration, like that's way at the bottom. Overall, there's an acceleration slider earlier in the uh, slider menu or list or whatnot. I turned that all the way down to one because in NHL, I turned acceleration down all the way to one. And what the game I saw and I was playing and I was experiencing felt more like NHL pacing, NHL, like, like you see more like positioning, more strategy being used. Passing was, was a little bit better. Defense was a little bit better. So I applied that to NBA 2K20, and I feel like the players are moving a lot better and more or less the way they were moving in 2K15 than I was previously experiencing before. And that was me putting the... I also put the vertical slider at one, which I think I, I was already on that tip about the vertical. Yeah, that's zero. Yeah, having that down. Because with those sliders, you have your overarching Skynet sliders, with 2K, you already have individual tendencies. You already have individual. It's almost like each player is an individual AI with their own tendencies and whatever. So if I lessen the grip of Skynet, the more the player, individual players will show up according to. So having that vertical down to one, your Zach Levine's, your LeBron James, whoever's a sky, they're going to shine. Mm-hmm. So with acceleration in NHL, what I noticed was that the players that were that had better acceleration uh, ratings and were speedsters, they shined. They shined where they needed to shine. And with, with hockey is definitely important because you really don't see acceleration until like a breakaway or there's a fight for a puck or a loose puck or whatever, when somebody has a chance to like knock it away. And a couple of times that happened in, in, in the stream. Mm-hmm. Um, also on defense, I felt like with the acceleration being at 50, which is more like arcade, like I felt like the computer would be at point, like you go from point A to point B. I felt like the computer would be at point B before it even had a chance to react. So the, you could catch the defense off guard with the acceleration where it was. So if you had the acceleration at one, it would be their speed that dictates whether they get to point B and be able to react to it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I'm looking at Peter Frenet. That's the problem in NHL speed at stock. Lack of difference in explosiveness. Yeah, there there is a lot. But the thing is, Here's another thing you also have to look at. When you play the game, you're playing from a top-down view. There's a difference in perceived speed from that top-down view to the true broadcast view. Because I play the game in true broadcast, 
It feel it, it look the speed of the game is is much different at ice level than it is from overhead. So what you because that stream, if you're looking at it, you're like, oh, them players are moving slow as dirt. Wait, I, I need the stuff a little faster. Well, if you have it on true broadcast, you're gonna see the actual Ooh, speed moving of the game. Speed. Right. So and we're playing NBA 2K from a broadcast view. So everything we're basing everything off is based off of what we see on TV. You know, we're not dealing with 2K camera, the cheating ass 2K camera. So this is what I'll say. Because mm-hmm. I'm playing right now. I have it at 70. Mm-hmm. I have the acceleration at, at 1. The issue I'm seeing, yeah, is just the game itself... Like, even the, the physics when the ball hits the rim is just a bit too fast for me. And everything seems like it's just moving a little bit too fast. Now, if I put it down to, like, maybe 60, maybe uh-huh. perfect. But 70, it's like everything's moving, like, crazy speeds. But this is where I think we're looking at two different things because you're focused on a game speed. My thing wasn't really with the game speed. I figured that out for myself. So mm-hmm. I, I could conceive with the way you look at it that the game speed may have been too fast. Right. My thing was the acceleration. But that's the thing is, like, if I put it down to one and I keep it at 50, the players probably will be moving slow. But if I put it around 60, it mm-hmm. might be perfect. Um. It is interesting because obviously, yeah, you have the other ones, the other ratings below that mm-hmm. that you could adjust. Um, so right, this is, yeah, yeah, because remember, I was the one that was complaining about, oh, they feel like they're stuck in mud, and you're the one mm-hmm. that was like, well, you can increase the increase the overall acceleration. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, now they're not stuck in mud, but what I started seeing was that they were there was a lot of there was some sliding taking place. Right. I feel like with the decreased acceleration, and I saw this in NHL as well, you see more true step. Yeah. You see better foot planting because right. the, the animation is not in a hurry to get to and the I, next animation phase. And I think, yeah, it's, it's like I think in a game like 2K, having it at one with all those other slider adjustments that you can make, might mm-hmm. actually work because then there still be a separation between fast players and mm-hmm. you know slow players. Yeah, because all you're doing is controlling how explosive they are, how yeah, quick so they get the to the top end speed. That's the global. Right. Yeah. But individually, let the individual players shine. Don't let the game just control how fast players are going to be. I mean, not how fast, but how quickly they can get to their top speed. Because that the- could be all the athleticism sliders could maybe go down to one at that point, right? Hell, they have speed. Well, speed I've put down before, and it's kind of weird. But, um, you know, they have strength and See, I, I, I remember in the past I put strength down, and that was actually a good – good one because your players that that had a high strength and 
those players won out. I'm like, of course right. you have players that get in a get in that takeover phase and they have and they have specific animations when you see that's another good thing about takeover. Those specific animations yeah. that only take place during a takeover, they don't take place mm-hmm. outside of it. And it's just like right. that's another level within itself. But yeah, but just outside of that, um having the strength down and lending the individual ratings and with a game like 2K because you, they have the tendencies for these players. They have their individual ratings. They have so much detail going on, and this mm-hmm. is where this is where Bills shines in, in these rosters, especially for two K. Because he'll go in there, and you look at these tendencies, and me and him mm-hmm. were looking at the tendencies, and we're like, "Oh God!" We're like comparing. Shoot, um, another phase of tendencies also spreads out to the team. Coaching, play styles. Uh, you know, DJ, you might be hitting on something. So, so I put it down to what do I have? I don't even remember what I have it on. Well, maybe sixty. Mm-hmm. And when Clint Capella went to take off, it felt like a center trying to take off. Hmm. It's like it's like I had him. I had him in the triple threat, right. And I pass him the ball, and it's like I tried to explode out of there, but he can't. But it's like Westbrook. Well, and then it also affects the off ball, too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those jump shots the computer ends up getting off of those off ball screens where it's like, why is my guy not there? It also affects that. So, I mean, yeah, this this actually – and it affects uh, transition, too, like you said. I mean, there's a lot of times you can catch the computer off guard. Because yeah, uh, players that have no business being so explosive, like they all end up being crazy explosive. Like my my main test is I have John Wall, mm-hmm. and I'm still able to explode with him at certain moments. It really, when you slow down the acceleration, you definitely have to pick and choose when you do it. And yep. it's kind of as if you mirror John Wall's actual career. Like remember that. that was his issue. He didn't. He would always have it on, but mm-hmm. he would choose the incorrect times to do it. It's like me reducing the acceleration to one is the equivalent to John Wall figuring out that, hey, stop and go, pick your spots, boom. And see, that stop and go is something that you really couldn't use prior to this because the game itself didn't have them, didn't really have those animations to plant and then immediately take off again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I thought I'm thinking going to keep it like that. It's actually. Yeah, because that's the, that's the thing that was that it seemed like it was missing with the game on default was okay. I remember the big talk between two K and Live was foot planting and being able to like use those animations and chain those animations. But if the animations are going too fast, sometimes, especially with the lag in the game this year, I'm like it. It, it just felt like. Um, the animation was going too slow. That's it also affect closeouts, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, they have to. They take that plant to get out there, but they're not stuck in mud when they do it. They actually take the plant and they go. Like they going under a screen now. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna get to that guy. Yeah, you go under a screen. That's at your own risk. You better hope he can't shoot. I noticed that just in a few seconds I just played. So, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I, I put the speed down to 60. Probably mm-hmm. going to keep it like that. It's actually really nice. Um, and, of course, I mean, you you all might experience something different based on the roster right. that you used. 
Um, and that's an that's the that's the that's other true. issue. Yeah. God, worms. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it from the team aspect, mm-hmm. and especially historical teams. Oh yeah, it's inexcusable that you got. Okay, you had was it 94-95 New York Knicks running the triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, I kid you not. If you go, if you go into the default settings, and you have to dig a little bit to to find it, but you look at the. the I think they 90- did that on purpose, by the way. Oh God! Yeah, and yeah, you got the Knicks running a triangle. We got the Bulls running something perimeter centric, and all the historic teams. Now, obviously, the teams that are more recent are going to play like the NBA it is today, but just all those other teams, the more mid-range, low post, uh, more half-court setting type teams, mm-hmm. they got them playing like these teams now in which, no, that's not that's not immersive basketball according to the historical team. Yeah, you have the players, you have the tendencies. Now, the funny thing is the play call for the, for the Bulls, even though it's perimeter-centric, it's still, it has... And it has triangle play calls. Right. So if they're not running freelance, then they will call a play and they will run the triangle, but they don't operate like they're running the triangles. And that's the problem. Cause when I changed that and made it, made them a try, made their system triangle, then you saw them just bring the ball up and then they started the triangle. Yep. I was like, here we go. This is it. Another issue is, um, like 2K, I can't remember a single team I've played prior to making my roster where there were teams that would just dump the ball in the post all game. On the default roster, they just don't have that. Oftentimes, you see a lot of perimeter players shining that have no business shining. Mm. Um, and it's, it's crazy. It's like before I went to edit that all-time Lakers roster, it was like Magic Johnson or Bust. I'm like, you have Shaq and Wilt Chamberlain on the court. What are you doing? Mm. So these games in general, I think they kind of ignore these things and hope that we ignore them, hope we don't see them. Not not, not with myself and Bills on the case. Nah, we're, we're sniffing stuff up like bloodhounds. Like we're straight up, like we're straight up sim heads. And shit, I mean, Madden hasn't even put it in the game for us to dissect because you know we would be all over that football-wise. This is a football podcast, damn near. Yeah, we, we are scientists when it comes to this. I'm like, we discuss this all the time. I mean, all the time, all the time. Even when one NHL, another doesn't feel like talking about it, we talk about it. In NHL, it's been a long journey to figure out, like, what's it? How do since we... 90 since well to say 90, you weren't even born yet. Uh, <laughs> since what, what 2014? 2014, yeah, since uh NHL 14 on uh Xbox to the and point then, now where this is gonna go into my backlog of things that I kind of automatically do every time I boot up a game. It's like with 2K, I always adjust certain things just knowing that the game is kind of just it's that's how it runs. Madden, same thing. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna go into my backlog of things. Where NHL is gonna be like, all right, just put the acceleration down to one. And then it, for me, it just like I've done form research. Um, I had it, it, and mind you, I play NHL 
20 minute periods. Yeah. And that's insane yeah. the way the game is made out the box. You can't do it and get realistic stats. I can. And that's from just doing the research. I, I'm humble enough to say that it's not all me. Like I said, I discuss it with Bills. We talk about it, but also going to the forums. And I, for, I forgot the guy's name that I participate, participated in this forum. And, and we kind of did the same thing that uh, me and Bills did. We were discussing, okay, well, if you change this here, um, then I think this will play better. This is what I was seeing. Like there was one setting that this cat had where I felt like, you know, if you were a lower level defenseman, there was no way you was going to, if with low puck handling rating, there was no way you would capture the puck because the puck control rating was too, was slotted, uh, was affecting, was up too high. So mm. I found out that the magic number was 70. So that way, at least your low level defenders could handle the puck, but they would be the ones that you don't want handling the puck half the time. Right. So. It yeah. made the game playable. But then, like I said, I just woke up one day. I was like, let me just turn the acceleration down. You know, you have stuff like that. It just pop up when, yep. like, it was like first thing. I'm like, wake up, like, damn, what if I just turn the acceleration down? Right. See what happens. And, and that's, that's where that's why I got on this thing about 2K. I was like. And the thing with these sliders, unfortunately, sometimes you have to try the extremes. Put some all the way up. Put some all the way down. Yep. You start to see things way differently. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get into the last dance. Oh boy! Um, well, BF said seriously, we do sliders probably better than anyone I know, especially on the some level. I agree. I mean, yeah, especially the level of detail. We have conversations about this, like full fledged conversations. For mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like basically, you guys got a taste of it just yeah. now. I'm like, this is what we do when 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 Bills had a PS4. When me and Bills would be on. Uh, have PSN chats all the time about this. Um, yep. After the podcast, we all have discussions. Sometimes before the podcast. Yep. Um, even now, Facebook Messenger, uh, just whenever, like whenever it just pops up. I'm like, it could be just through just through regular messaging or actual phone conversation. And so. I tell folks all the time, I wish we didn't have to do this. Like, I wish, okay, like I'll give you an example. Pez didn't have any sliders. Pez doesn't have one slider in their game, which is amazing, the level of gameplay, man. And, yeah, uh, speaking of what v, uh, VF said, he said, I do NCAA, DJ got NHL, Bill's got NBA, mm-hmm. and we all do Madden. Yep. Uh, if you're going to go and play um, NCAA 14, VF has some amazing sliders for that game. Yep. Um, hey, we're the scientists of the communities. We're, it, it's funny. You look at the sim community, there's activists, there's <laughs> pacifists, and then there's us. We're scientists. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like we, we had the activist trend. And we were pacifists at one point, we but then it was like, you know what? Nah, that's okay. Right. I'm like, and, and then you had the sellouts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it is. It's, and um, we were never sellouts. Just to let y'all know, we never went that way because that involves selling your soul to the devil or Joe Montana sixteen. Yeah, y'all can, <laughs> y'all can, uh, y'all can go and check that. Y'all can go check the record books about that. Mm. Um, 
let's get into the last dance. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation, as it always is. Mm. So, honestly, I, just I wasn't looking forward to the first part of part seven because I knew I knew I was dreading this. They were going to talk about his father. Yeah, murdered. I, yeah, yeah. They talked about um, they talked about the murder, and then they they got into the whole you know the retirement. Um. See this part to see this is the part when because I I know you were watching Money at the Bank and you yeah. wanted to watching it later. Yeah, I, I got to that part about the about the retirement and the, and the gambling. I was like, oh, I can't I can't wait till he sees this because right. you've been uh, waiting for this. So, oh God, where do I start? Okay, oh boy, here we go. Okay, here's my thing, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan had three rings, three finals appearances, three MVPs. Um, he said he had no challenges left to conquer, and to me, I'm just like, that's bullshit. Like, bro, okay, you want to say Magic and Larry Bird didn't win three in a row? Fine, okay, I'll give you that. But don't sit here and act like there wasn't a man named Bill Russell who won nine titles in eleven years, and and say that you had no challenges. Bro, there was plenty of shit. At that time, he still technically was not the greatest basketball player of all time. He had an argument, but come on, man. I mean, so that's why when that idiot, uh, what the hell was his name? Let me find it. Nick something. The fuck was his name? Um, talking about one of the current analysts, or no? He was some dude that covered him back in the day, Nick. Mark Vansel. Mm. Okay. Mark Vansel claims he talked to Jordan the the season before that. And Jordan said, if it wasn't for me trying to win three in a row, and the fact that, you know, I'm playing the Olympics, I'd already be playing baseball. Okay? Jordan, out of his own mouth, said him and his dad were going back and forth about it before he won that third title. So somebody's lying. Mm. Mark Vansel was full of shit. And then on top of that, he had the nerve to say, oh, you know, the NBA is going to sit down their most popular player and and risk all this loss of revenue. Oh, that was the guy. Yeah, because he was like, that's bullshit. And I was just like... like, okay... Did you ever think about the fact that there have been other companies that have benefited from their most popular person being gone for a while? Like, for example, when Stone Cold broke his neck and the Rock. I knew you was going to bring wrestling because that's the most. Yeah. most, It happens the most times in professional wrestling. The NBA had to prepare for life without Michael Jordan. They did it at a time where it made sense for him to step away. Yeah, there were new stars emerging. I'm like, Shaq, so, the biggest one. Right. And you're talking about at that time, 93, you're talking about the old guard really yeah. stepping down. Like Charles Barkley was, was aging and uh, Dominique Wilkins. I'm like, shoot, Gerald, Rick, Gerald Wilkins was in the league at this point. So I was just like, yeah, uh, Dominique's about to go. Uh, retired. Magic had his situation with, um, with HIV, right? 
Yeah, Reggie Miller was coming into his own. Yeah. Um, Penny, of course, like I said, Penny and Shaq were coming into their own. Elijah Wan had been around, but now he he gets you know more into the centerfold, and the mm-hmm. Jazz started to become more. There were opportunities for a lot of people in the league when Jordan stepped away, and I, I and I think they I think they also possibly had the vision that most leagues don't have when it comes to like okay, our fans tired of seeing the same team win over and over and over because we saw what happened with the NBA just recently. Yeah. Like when they're getting people. When they when people are just turned off by the fact it was like oh it's Golden State and Cleveland again oh boy here we go and then you see ratings boost for the NHL two years in a row yeah. you have the Caps win the Stanley Cup and you had the St Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup and then in baseball you see, you have the Nationals win the World Series and it's just like and then oh, shoot even in the NFL you had the Eagles won the Super Bowl you mean to tell me that the NFL had better had better vision to have the Eagles win the Super Bowl over the Patriots? Right. So, I mean, come on, people. Like, if you want to say you don't believe it, that's one thing. But to act like it's completely out of the realm of possibility or something that doesn't make any sense, I think is utterly ridiculous. And and when I say that, because I know Pooh is like, no, the Eagles won it on that. On, right. on, no, no, it's just general excitement for a matchup. I'm like, for yeah. me, when I looked at that Super Bowl, I was like, oh, this is going to be a revenge game for the Eagles. They, they they're looking for revenge and they got their revenge they got it against the, not just against the team they got it against the very guy that put them down the first time so it's just like they made the the game winning play on the guy that got on the last game last time so it was one of those things but overall it was about the league parody attracting people and getting people excited about a new matchup i mean listen, the world hates favorites they hate favorites. They hate winners. Um, people started out loving the Patriots. Oh my God, underdog story. They beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Then the next Super Bowl, we beat the Panthers in one of the best Super Bowls ever. Oh my God, Patriots! Yay. Then they beat the Eagles, and people were like, all right, we're starting to get tired of shit. Like I'm sorry, like we were with you, but fuck. I mean, come on. So with the, with Golden State, same thing. Motherfucker started cheering for LeBron. For LeBron. And I'm not talking about the casuals, because most casual NBA fans, they'll cheer for LeBron. I mean, he still has, like, the highest selling jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm talking hardcore LeBron haters. We're like, yo, fuck Golden State. That just shows people hate winners. So, I say all that to say, Chicago was getting to that point. They were getting to that point. All they needed was the perfect foe that was likable, and people got behind them, and Chicago was going to be public enemy number one. But before they could, Jordan retired. Yep. Which goes back to my point about, like, um, I just, I can't, I can't see Jordan... Like, his excuse, like, oh, I want to get out of the limelight. It's like, bro, you wouldn't play baseball. You already said that you planned to play baseball. It wasn't the limelight, bro. It wasn't. And, and, and 
I'm not even going to get into the whole issue that I have about Jordan taking spots from people who were baseball players their entire life on that minor league roster because we all know those are money grabs to even get them on the team in the first place. So I'm not even going to do that. But, you know, I mean, Jordan worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. I can commend him for that. I mean, he he worked very hard at baseball. Very, very hard at baseball. As hard as he did at basketball. You know, what, you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when he first was going to play baseball, I remember the one person that did not like it at all was Randy Johnson. They asked him what he thought. He was like, I'll throw him inside fastball, see how he likes that. People don't like you coming in and especially skipping over people that Randy Johnson might have had some friends of minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they don't like you skipping a line. Right. And baseball is definitely not the sport to do that shit. I'm just glad that he didn't do what some people would probably do in his situation. That is, you, you know, obviously he, he, he got the special treatment just because of who he is. But it was like he didn't want that special treatment. And... He mm-hmm. was he was treated as such. I'm like he was treated as if he was a up and coming minor league player, which technically he was. And yeah, the, I know his initial issue was that he couldn't hit a curveball because he could hit a fastball. A lot of people can hit a fastball, right? But, and they yeah, said he started right. off one year. He was on a 13, 15 game hitting streak before they start throwing him breaking pitches. He and has amazing was, reflexes because obviously that comes from. I mean, basketball, hell, they'll try to throw an entry pass and he'll be able to jump and fucking intercept it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Never really be able to see anybody do that these days. I mean, literally right. throw a pass, that's a bullet, right above his head, he'd jump up and catch it. So his reflexes were there. Um. So, you know, they covered it. It was what it was. Um. I, I would say... I took more issue with the second episode. Oh, that's the I think that was the episode that Jordan was afraid of. Yeah. And I, for it to come so late, it's almost like, like what you've been saying like this whole entire time about them propping him up to make him look a certain way. And now you can throw in this uh this episode, and now it's been like he'll still be up here because now there's also, more stuff that's propping him up in between the bullshit. Like, yeah, I, I, I took. I, okay, this is gonna be the first issue I take with Jordan himself. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. Okay, I take that back. The episode before that, he said he felt that he he had a grudge against Sports Illustrated. I'm like, motherfucker, they don't gotta text you and tell you they're saying anything about you playing baseball. They're treating you like they treat every athlete. They're criticizing what you did, and they don't think you should be playing baseball. For you to say they treated you unfairly is bullshit. To say they betrayed you is bullshit. They criticize you. You're not above reproach, bro. As much as people try to make it out to be like you are, that's the first issue I took with Jordan's documentary. Now, just to be on the other side of that, don't you think Sports Illustrated also has a 
has has some blame in that too because they're part of the reason why he was propped up in the first place because they, they were are. right there with him propping. They him are. Up, so. But what I'm saying is, when they go against that. I can't say that they're not doing their job for I mean every writer's not gonna walk to that same the, the that same beat that everybody gotta, else is walking to. But you gotta admit, sports I'm like uh, you'll see you'll probably say this about a lot of media coverage about Michael Jordan. It's unbalanced. It is. But what so, I'm saying is the mm-hmm. reporter that I'm talking specifically on that reporter, mm-hmm. if he chooses to go against that, then you can't make a blanket statement about the company and say, well, you know, I'm betrayed. I feel betrayed. It's like, bro, I mean... Yeah, but that writer does represent Sports Illustrated. Now, I, I, I'm not saying that that writer had no right to 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 write the article the way he wanted to. That he's That's perfectly fine. I know, and understanding that MJ had a problem with it. That's the problem he'll just have to eat. But so I can see, but I understand him going after the company though. I do understand him going after the, the organization. I just so. think they treated him like every other athlete for once. Or yeah, he, yeah he that's what I'm about to say. They finally did it. And he's like, Oh, what's up with this? I thought we were friends. It's like, nah, motherfucker. You you left you left what made us money. And you went somewhere where you very well might tank, which he didn't, but you know, had a chance of it. Yeah, but he was still making. They were still making money when he was playing baseball because they got to cover him still, well, just like did, everyone else. They didn't, but but the only reason why is because they covered him in a light that wasn't so favorable at first. So it's almost like people were interested to see. Oh, I wonder what they're, wonder what they're talking about. Huh. Um, so that was the one issue, and then the other issue was. That motherfucker crying at the end because people didn't agree with him being a cunt towards his teammates. I'm sorry, bro. Once again, you are an asshole. Like, fam, you're crying because you don't want to play that way. You don't have to play. Come on, fam. Come on. Okay. I, I definitely have to be on the other side of this. Only because my time in the military, I understood why I got yelled at. I understood why I was treated, not just me, but fellow airmen that went through basic training, how we were trained to be indoctrinated into a particular lifestyle. When he said that, I completely understood why he behaved the way he behaved. And he even said it. He was like, look, when I, when I was first drafted by this organization, it was crap. It was nothing. They were losers, whatever. Now, not saying he single-handedly turned that organization around, but what he was saying was that overall, the team got better. The expectations got higher. And since they were right on that crest of winning championships, that expectation was like, okay, we got to continue to keep to take the next step but the expectations are still gonna climb and if you weren't like if you were new to the team i like i'm a type of person like on a team if i'm on a team that's about to win a championship i need to know are you willing to do what's necessary to win a championship am i going to be able to depend on you when things get hot 
are you going to leave the kitchen or are you going to stay and fight? I'm that type of person. I understood that with me going through basic training. They were testing me in basic training and other airmen that were like, okay, well, in order to be a part of his life, you got to be willing to take the bullshit. I felt like Jordan, at when he got to that point in his career and when that team and that organization got to that point where they could expect players coming in to raise their game, raise their level to that expectations, to meet those expectations. Sometimes when you're a leader, you know, the second thing that 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 you prioritize is making friends because the first thing is winning. Yeah, but there's a fine line between making friends and being a complete cunt. Ah, uh, like I said, you Come and I, on, you and I are on the on the opposite side on this because of the fact that. Um, no, that's epic. not true, Peter Frannon. That's definitely not true. He said the Bulls had a target on the back and had sustained excellence because of that leadership. No, well, that's, well, that's not. It wasn't because of that leadership. It was because he was the best player in the NBA. They had one of the better front offices in the NBA that understood what pieces fit around him, and they had a, a coach that could easily handle personalities and make all that shit meld together so that it worked. That's why they they had that target on their back. That dude, and it's just like Ravens Nation said, not every player has to be an asshole to be the best. He was a complete and utter asshole. Okay, so, okay. All right, so let's play this. Uh-huh. Because there are different leadership types that can get the job done. Not every leader is going to be nice to you, is going to coddle you, or is going to be always supportive to get you to where you have to be. Some people will ride you and be mean and be nasty towards you to get the best out of you me i've been a part of coaches leaning on me i've been a part of coaches that have supported me and you know and been you know nice about it to me i i like a balance of the two because i like constructive criticism i'm like if you're going to tear me down be prepared to build me back up I felt like Jordan was tear you down. You build yourself back up. But if you're able to build yourself back up, I know what you're capable of. Shoot. They nearly destroyed Tony Kukoc in the Olympics, him and Pippen. And Kukoc came back. And at that point, Jordan recognized at that point, this is a player that could play on the Bulls. But like he, he came to a realization at that point, I don't have a problem with the kid anymore because he can fight back. And, he, and, and then the thing with Steve Kerr, he realized in Steve Kerr, oh, this guy fights back. Shoot. And then we talked about Robert Parrish. Robert okay. Parrish at the last point of his career, he's looking at Jordan like, you ain't doing that shit to me. And okay, but how like, Parrish had Robert Parrish's pedigree, though? Everybody can't just do that. Yeah, uh, but Steve Kerr didn't have Robert Parrish's pedigree okay. either. But Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr's one guy. Everybody's not built like that, and everybody shouldn't have to be built for their best player to be a complete cunt to them. And, and, at the same and, time, and you the, have to think about the time period too. People, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. People were a lot tougher and able to handle personalities like that than they were than they are now. To them a lot more. It's, it's called. It, it, yeah, that, they had tougher like, skin. The, no, the yes. reason they had tougher skin is because they were around more cunts like Jordan. Damn, it has nothing he didn't to do. beat up Steve Kerr. They hit each other once, and that was it. 
I'm and, not even talking Phil, about the Steve Kerr situation. No, I'm, I'm not talking about you. No, no, I'm not talking about you. Daniel Daly was like, dude, beat up Steve Kerr. Like, no, oh. they punched each other once, and I mean, Phil Jackson threw him out of practice. They went because no. my thing is, I, I just look at it. I mean, look, bro, I've I've been I've been the the leader of bands. I've been the leader of football teams. I didn't need to 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 be a complete cunt to people. And, and I don't think many athletes have in order for them to respond because everybody does not respond to that. And for him to make a blanket statement and basically say, if you can't respond to that, then that means that you haven't won anything. That's bullshit. But that's his person. That's his leadership type. That's his personality type. He's not okay. wrong. He's not How's wrong. How's he not wrong? How, how because you they, say, so, they won so, six championships. So, so, okay, so DJ, so 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 because they won that way, him saying Dude, that if, if you like, who cares if, if he got the job done? If, yeah, yeah, and that just goes into the Stockholm syndrome. Oh, we'll talk boy. about that. <laughs> that but more importantly, my thing is. How can you say just because you won six championships that if anybody doesn't agree with this style, it's because they ain't won shit? Oh, really? That's that's why? That's why I don't agree? Not because you're being a complete cunt, not because you're being an asshole, but because, oh, they ain't won shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah, Magic ain't won shit and Bird ain't won shit. The, the worst Bird did was call his teammates sissies because they play like fucking sissies. And he didn't call them out in practice and do that shit. He or said mate, it, in, oh, he that said we it ha- in the that media. That we've heard of. Okay, but what I'm saying is you don't think that story would have came out by now? All I know is that I look at it like this. My one link to that era of basketball is a USA Today writer by the name of Dave Dupree who played with the Celtics. And and this was during the preseason, but if I my interaction with this guy is anything – I know damn well they said a lot. They said things worse than what you already know right now. And then basically Jordan came up out of that. So Jordan was like the last link to that era where they were, they probably said a lot more. I'm like, hell, Jordan, when he said when he got to the pools, uh, like not necessarily like the, the player treatment in practice, but hell, Bulls players were like doing cocaine and, and, and banging prostitutes on road games. I'm like, you got to understand what what he came out of to be the like the last, really the last. But and then Kobe. So that gives him the right then, to be. No, no. Then you look at Kobe when he finally had control of that team. You seen what he was doing. So, but that's that's not saying that what he did was wrong. It produced results. That's all he cared about was results. If they didn't have the talent, he didn't care. He was like, w- "Fuck your feelings." If, if you're they not didn't able have the talent, expectations, we don't need you. If they didn't have the talent, it wouldn't have mattered. They they were gonna come through regardless. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with him being a complete and utter dickhead. Well, he just it, did that it, because it, he could. It, no, no, no. Because, yes. Okay. You look at the teams that they were facing. Like I said, the league was completely yeah, different. The, the it was more physical. They you were, were getting beat the fuck up every night. I think if you could handle the physicality and the practice, you can handle the the abuse or whatever. Then you could handle it against other teams. Because you're telling you, me they were getting beat up every night after night about 1993, bro. I'm saying that's the that was the environment of the league. That was. What those players experienced back then, day in down. Now, there's a different type of beating that players take today, and that's because players t- 
today do a lot more. It's not more or less physically. They do a lot more like they do a lot more training that beats them up. But uh, players' personalities are not. I'm like for the most part are not as you know tough minded, not as thick skinned as what players were back in the day. So thank God for that. For, for, Okay, so Jordan's leadership style would not work. Yeah, because he's today. a cunt, and somebody will tell him, "Yo, you better step but, the fuck but, out of my but, face." But again, it would not work today. It worked then. It worked back and, then because that and, was the fucking culture, and it's unfortunate that that was the no. Culture. That's the reason why it worked. It worked because it it worked because it was the norm. Big fucking deal. It's no different than somebody's parents. Oh, I walk back and forth in the snow every day. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I mean, so nobody gives a fuck. Like, 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 I'm sorry. It's like he was a complete and utter asshole because he could be. And that's why they said, oh, we were afraid of him. They weren't afraid of him physically. They were afraid of his impact, and they were afraid of his 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 pull that he had, his stroke that he had in the organization. That's what they were scared of. Well, I just look at it like this. At, in that era, there was no room to be passive-aggressive. Now you're in the area where people can be passive aggressive. So they don't, they don't have to necessarily deal with each other like they deal, dealt with each other back then. And like I said, it's just that it's, I'm like, and it's, like I said, it's an era difference in basketball. It's a difference of personalities with players now. They're, I'm not saying they're less manly. I'm not going to say that because. A rare, shoot, it's 2020. Everybody expresses their manhood differently, except for Takashi 69. That bitch is a snitch, and she he should get stitches, especially for that last thing. He definitely he de- somebody gonna shoot his ass one day. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I went off on a tangent, but um, but it worked for the Bulls at that point in time, and and for Kobe, it worked for the Lakers, but it tailed off you don't see players like that anymore in the nba and that's that's what works for the league now i'm not saying today's leadership styles are 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 wrong because they're working in their own way but to i'm like for for jordan to say said what he said was expressing his own point of view not and it's like you take it or leave it yeah, but what I'm saying is his point of view was ridiculous to shun everybody else because his way worked. It's too bad. And, you know, I'm going to go off. And I'm gonna well, it's, just, it's, just, it's the fact that he's closed-minded. I'm like, you know, you can, if anything, you can get on him just for that. He's closed-minded. <laughs> big, big deal. It worked. It worked for him. That's, that's the way he knows. That's the only way he knows how. He's not flexible as far as uh, what type of leadership he 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 would show. I'm like, you have more people that are more flexible now. That's just the, that's really the difference. And to tell you the truth, the te- the only thing you can tell him that it does not work is right now, currently being the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know what he does as the owner of the Hornets. I don't know if. Obviously, he's not. Hey, what he doesn't do, he doesn't win. Ain't nobody making no excuses for. Ain't nobody making no excuses. It is what it is. You're not gonna change who he is, but his way worked. It may not work for people now, but it's it's. But DJ, we're not we're not even 
We're not even debating. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not. Whether are you looking at? Are you no? Are you looking at the? I'm I'm looking, but I'm saying I'm just going after Daniel Daly because yeah, I am. Whatever. I don't think. I don't think he's debating whether it worked. Uh, no, he's like I'm making excuses for Jordan. I'm like, like I'm not. Are you serious right now? Yeah, asking what's the difference between Mike Singletary? Does Mike Singletary call people hoes and bitches in practice? You but he basically him. said he can't win with uh, Vernon Davis. I mean, he called out Vernon Davis. him to the showers. Re- I thought that. I thought that worked though. I thought that worked. Though. It did work, but more importantly, Vernon Davis was selfish, and he held him to that standard because Vernon Davis was the best player on a shitty team. That's why he held him to that standard. So that's different. But he he didn't call him a bitch. He didn't call him a, a fucking a, a hoe or make that free throw hoe. I, I laughed at the shit. But the thing is, it's like you can't compare those two, Ravens Nation. You can't compare those two. They're not the same. One of the greatest middle linebackers of all time. Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. There's a parallel. Oh, my God. <laughs> as far as the stature of player, there's a loose relation. Other than that. I didn't say how close they had to be. Michael Jordan was a fuck. Look, I laughed at some of the shit he was saying. I was laughing at because it was just funny. But it doesn't mean that I agree with it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what do you mean? You gotta see, you gotta see who is t- talking to though. Sky Burrell was a was a fan. He was a fan on the team. Come on, you mean to tell me you? Okay, remember when the when the when the when the uh, documentary first started? Burrell was sitting there like, man, can I get a hug? And Joy's just sitting there cross arm like looking at him like, the fuck? bro, Jordan. <laughs> This is the thing. So, Jordan, when he was saying that shit, most of it, right? I was like, you know, that's funny. But then I thought about it. And I thought about his his level of power in the organization and his level of power just in the league in general. And I'm like... Uh, he's 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 using that shit to his advantage. It's not. It's, it's clear because he has he okay. As far as a competitor, there's no line he doesn't. <sighs> it, it, there's no line that he feels he has to stay behind. He's of course, he made a fucking story up about 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 somebody saying some shit to him. Like, if he, he's a habitual line stepper. I'm like, you, you draw a line, he's stepping clear over it. I'm like, shoot, he ended Muggsy Bogues' career by calling a fucking midget in the middle of the game. Okay, but that's an opponent. I don't no care matter. if you call Muggsy Bogues a fucking okay. midget. But here's the thing. It what a midget. Everybody could be an enemy at a certain point. <sighs> and then when this practice, who's the enemy? The opposing players, even though they're your teammates. They are on the opposing team. I need to destroy them. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe, I, like they were the opposing team. I didn't want to lose to them. But I don't believe that his team actually responded to that leadership. I yeah. think that they won because they were good enough to win. No, they responded to that leadership. I'm like, yeah, they did. They, they respond. They, they won because they, because they had the team to win, and because he elevated them. Okay. All right, then let's list the name of players that went on that played after Jordan left, and did they do anything besides Steve Kerr? 
The and motherfuckers were holding shit. But not even okay. Not even the leaders on my team. Like okay, let's exclude Scottie Pippen. Um, Dennis Rodman is at the end of his career anyway. So we're talking about Judd Bushler, Bill Winnington, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, Jason Caffey. Um, who else we're talking about? Um, Randy Brown. Uh, what were no, they Um, who else? Uh, Jack Haley or, or what were they gonna do? I'm just saying, if they were on other teams after Jordan retired, they weren't on a team with a player as good as Michael Jordan. How did they respond to the leadership that they were on the next team? TJ, they will never know because those teams were shitty compared to the Chicago Bulls. The reason they were is because they didn't have the best player in the league. That's why. Sounds like they responded to the player. It sounds like they responded to his play. And that's what it sounds like they responded to. Was a part of it. He led on the court as well. I look as far as leadership on the court. Me personally, I, I I've done the leadership thing playing baseball. It's actually harder to be a leader in baseball than it is in basketball. But your team can be influenced if you push them a certain way. I'm like, trust me, I, I played shortstop on a church team. I was literally telling players, of like, I was the voice of the coach on the field. Are you calling them but, bitches nose? Okay, we were 13 years old on a church team. Come on. Were, were, you, were you calling them chumps? Were you calling them? No, no. We're going to stop right there because, first of all, I was playing on a church team. That wouldn't be right. Were you, were you calling them chumps and punks? Hold on. That's my phone responding to what I've been on um, Were you calling them chumps and punks? There was no need to. Oh, oh, there was no need to. See, here's the thing. I never said I was exactly like MJ when it came <laughs> to how I would dispense my leadership. My words are my words. You know, why was there no need to? I'm also talking about a grown-ass man compared to a 13-year-old. But why was there no need to? Okay, first of all, we're a church team. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was 13 14, 15 years old as a mm-hmm. team captain. Right. Second of all, my vocabulary didn't include curse words at the time. Okay, I said chumps and punks. Those were curse words. In, in oh my, okay, okay, okay. Were you, were you? At the fact that I was 13, the range of 13 years old to 15 years old, my vocabulary, as you guys can hear, is a lot more education based i don't need to curse i'm leading them yeah that's awesome i didn't belong to that church by the way just to let you guys it was know just a I church was, he was a ringer well the coach at the time thought i was the best player on the team but um you're a ringer i wasn't a ringer he you hey, say you didn't belong to church and me you're a ringer no but here's the thing they didn't have a baseball team until they it, it till it's that's a, actually a different subject because that actually brings up the part about African Americans in baseball uh-huh. and how, how you know here in Columbia there was a little racial divide with how baseball African American baseball players are treated even in the little leagues so that that's how that team started so technically I wasn't a ringer. And I grew up with half the, I grew up with like a lot of people that I played played with. Right. So 
But um, no, I was 13, 15. I'm like, I'm like the, the word chumps or whatever didn't come to mind because that was not part of my vocabulary. Okay. Did you chew but, people out? Yes. And I chewed them out in my own way. My Which own was... way was to let them know, hey, you know that play was meant to go there. Next time, just understand that. I'm like, I said it real quick because. Sounds like leadership. Yeah, my form of leadership. It's oh. not going to be everybody's form of leadership. There's different leadership styles. Bro. Jordan, had, Jordan had his way. Michael Jordan, version of leadership, harsh. Is being a con. Tyrannic as it was. Con and results. And people prospered <sighs> under that, even though they were scared of them. I'm so, like, sometimes, I'm, sometimes that's, I'm like, you may not like it, you may not agree with it, but it worked. Well, it's not about me liking it because I wasn't there. Because if I was there, I would have punched that nigga in his face, but I wasn't. So, what I'm hey. saying is, what I wonder what punching nobody in the face, <laughs> okay? All right, <laughs> you didn't say so. The way that the, the way Jordan and I'm not saying Jordan would beat you in a fight, you probably beat his ass. But what I'm saying, I don't, but I'm not even getting my ass kicked. What I'm saying, you're not gonna talk to me the next day, and he'd be like, Then what you've been, but what I'm saying is, you're not gonna, but in practice, but what I'm saying is, he ain't gonna talk to me like that. That is like, it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna fucking happen. Steve Kerr felt the same way and punched him in the chest. He did. And Steve Kerr can't fight. So, <laughs> see, Steve Kerr got the short end of that stick, all right? Um, but, uh, I mean, look, I know there's different leadership styles. I don't even have an issue with what Jordan did. I have more so have an issue. Like, nah, motherfucker, you, you can't cry now. Don't cry now. Should have been crying back when you were calling niggas bitches and hoes. <laughs> like it was a rap video. That's when you should have been crying. Don't cry now because motherfuckers don't agree with it. You got to also remember he was drinking. So, you know, emotions tend to pour out a lot easier when you're sauced up. (laughs) Didn't he try to bully a center and it didn't work out the way he thought it would? Uh, Who Longley? What is he talking about? He's talking about Longley or Cartwright. The only person I remember that happening to was Parrish. Yeah. Oh, man. He only played like two minutes a game, if that. Oh, <laughs> um, white guy in '96. Longley, man. I guess. No, that you know what Purdue wasn't there. What it? No, nah, he wasn't there by '96. He must be talking about it was. Yeah, Longley, Winnington. Um, that's, that's it, right? The only Google other center, and he wasn't white. Was Bison Daly? Rest his rest in peace. That guy, mm-hmm. he's still missing to this day, but he's presumably he's obviously been him and his wife died. They went on a boating trip and were never seen again. Mm. So, um, mm. yeah. So if if you're thinking that's Longley, uh, nah, that actually worked out in Jordan's favor. And remember that scene? He was just like, I threw you the ball, and he's looking at him like, like they worked that out. That was worked out. I mean, I just. I'm like that's why that's why I look at Jordan like if if you want to make a Star Wars reference, he was a Sith Lord. 
he operated on anger, hate, all those things that we're growing up to, we grow up and we hear are not nice things to operate, not, not a nice way to operate. It's not the way you should operate. But, you know, motivation comes in many forms. Anger can be a motivating factor. Revenge uh, lead to a path to mostly the dark side. That's and I call Jordan is what he is. He is the Sith Lord they were looking for in episode three. So, and I would look at LeBron as a pure Jedi. Uh, Peter Frenny, yes, I did because Pippen was a bitch for that. Yeah, I, I agree. Pippen was a bitch. I even in that I, proved, I recognized it when it happened. I was just like, that bitch. And that proved beyond man. a shadow of a doubt that motherfucker wasn't no alpha. Period. And, and End of fucking story. Here's the thing: if Pippen would have taken that shot, he would have probably would have missed. People tried to tell me that that play proved that he was an alpha. You wanted the ball, yeah. So Jordan would have sat out. Fuck out of here. First off, you know what Jordan would have did? Let me tell you what Jordan would have did. Jordan would have went out there. He, no, no. First, when he found out he wasn't getting the ball, he would have give he would gave Phil the death stare and said, "When this shit backfires, I'm gonna hold this over your head forever." Mm-hmm. That's the first thing he would have done. Then he would have went out on the court. He would have made the best pass possible. The motherfucker that he threw the ball to, Tony Kukos, might have missed. And then he would have said, like I said, mm-hmm. you'll know now not to fucking ever do that again. Yeah, Pippen chose to sit out. Take Pippen chose to sit down. Take his ball and go home. And then when, when Bill Cartwright got up there after the game and cried about it, in which me, I would have punched Pippen in his face. Um, right. It's like don't ever quit on us, and then ultimately that I think that moment, even though they pushed it to seven games, if Pippen doesn't sit out, they probably would have won that series. Because remember, they lost it in Game Seven. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I just um, it just so, proves. Wait a minute, dude. Oh, Metal Face Doom says Phil would have never not gave MJ the ball. He wouldn't, but what I'm what I'm saying is I'm putting Pippen, I'm putting Jordan in the situation that Pippen was in, and I'm telling you how a grown man reacts versus a bitch. Basically. And that's how Pippen reacted. He acted like a bitch. They couldn't get his way. Phil said it was very similar. And look, honestly. If people want to say that that proves that Phil didn't have as much faith in, in, in Pippen as he did in Jordan, fine. He shouldn't. Yeah, because here, here's another thing. This is another thing we didn't even mention. When when Phil caught wind of that, when, when well, I forgot who walked over, it was like, you know, uh, Pippen's not going into the game. He said, fuck and, him. Yeah. He wouldn't have said that to Jordan. Well, I mean. But Jordan wouldn't have put him in that situation. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So... <laughs> You know, I hate I hate being a hypothetical guy, but let's be honest, man. If that's Jordan, he's not sitting out because he knows there's a possibility he still might end up with the ball. Hell, he throws the ball and it gets deflected. It falls back into his hands. He still has a chance to be the hero. Yeah, Pippen didn't think about that. Because here's the thing. It's like Jordan's on the court. There's going to be three sets of eyes on him. So somebody's going to be open. And Did Pippen not think about how crucial it was to be throwing the ball in, too? That's a very important job. People yeah, underestimate the job of an inbounds passer. There is such a thing as great inbounds passers. Yeah, because you're talking about on that court, on that play, it was Kukoc. What was it? Kukoc, Longley. Uh, was, it, was it Longley? Kukoc? Uh, 
Bron- was Ron Harper on the team at that point? He might have been. Ron Harper, that was, uh, was, I forgot who the shooting guard, who their replacement shooting guard was. I know he had a, but either way, the Knicks were looking at this like, oh, we can cover everybody one-on-one. This shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the way the Knicks handled it, and they got burned for it because they went with a guy. The Bulls went with the guy that hit it, even Kukos even pointed out. He was like, shoot, I hate game winners in the middle of the season. I can do it. Yeah. It just proved that in that moment, Kukos had more nuts than Pippen uh, <laughs> did. And, and, Kukos couldn't play defense. So, And unfortunately, it shows that people value bullshit bravado more than winning. Because end of the day, he valued him getting the ball more than them winning. It's like, it's crazy to me. It's like the people who bash LeBron for hitting the open man in the last second. No, you got to take that. Yeah, he has to take a fucking fadeaway over three people because you want him to live up to a bullshit standard. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, because I, re- I remember the, the knock on LeBron in those early championship runs was the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. I held I personally held him to that standard. I was like, what is he doing? Like, I was looking at everything he was doing. I wasn't just looking at the fact. I, I didn't even care if he made the best play possible because that was another debate that I thought was, I honestly thought was ridiculous. If you make, if you can make the best play and it winds up winning you the game, why are we debating that this? But what right. he was doing in the final five minutes, you can tell he was shook. Five minutes with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter in those championship games early on because it was just like, what is he doing? He's standing at the three point line all by himself. He's going to the corner. He's shying away from the moment. He needs to not shy away from the moment. I'm like, I felt like he wasn't doing it in Cleveland, but then there was that final few games with Cleveland when this team was about to get eliminated where it seemed like he just would check out. Understandably, why he would check out, but still. He, it felt like he was quitting on his team. I felt like that was happening in the Dallas series. He get five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, it's like LeBron's standing at the at the three point line. He's not a three point shooter. Why is he not? Why is he not calling for the ball to at least facilitate the next phase of the play? Like think- what's going on here? But he could he could he clean he cleaned that up as soon as uh, Wade got to him. When Wade got to him. That's when all that got cleared up. And I was ha- I was actually happy. I was like, okay, good. I can get on LeBron about other shit now. I feel like I feel like LeBron gives his teammates and this is where it's like a happy medium with the Jordan theory of leadership where mm-hmm. in the past LeBron kind of Gave his teammates too many opportunities to get into the flow of the game to the point where, like, it became a detriment. Like, his unselfishness became a detriment. Uh And, unfortunately, a lot of, well, yeah, I mean, there's been a handful of players that have had that be their undoing. And LeBron, there's certain times he just trusts guys that he shouldn't have especially in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about last-second situations. I'm talking about, like, five minutes. It's like... Right. 
It's like, bro, like I'm sorry. There's boosting morale, and then there's putting the ball in the wrong guy's hands at, at, in a situation where you just you shouldn't. Yeah, because LeBron, in those situations where there's three sets of eyes, to be a facilitator like he is, that's the perfect moment. Yeah, I mean, I think versus a Jordan and a Kobe, which they're three sets of eyes, but he's gonna probably take those. Those two will more than likely take uh, those three sets of eyes on, and maybe force a shot. But you know, maybe and Jordan did that a lot less. After yeah. the triangle was instituted, and then when you had, and of course Kobe is in that triangle. That's that's when you saw Kobe taking shots over two or three people, and that's where that was seemed like that was the difference mm. between Jordan and and, and uh, Kobe was the fact that Kobe just couldn't escape not passing the ball. Like he just that's wound up being his reputation even as he ended his career. It's like he didn't want to pass the ball. Yeah, Kobe. Like, but you looked at who he eventually had his teammates towards the end of his career. Would you pass them the ball? Kobe, his thing was he tried to be so much like MJ, but unfortunately – it turned out that he was taking some of the negative aspects of MJ. Which led to some of those videotape moments at practice. Videotape moments at practice. Literally just going. And I, I honestly, honestly, I didn't think Kobe's personality fit. No, and nature because it, no. it, like, it just seems so out of place. Even I, I don't personally know Kobe, mm. but I, I didn't, I really. Towards the end, I'm like, even to mimic the death stare, Michael Jordan's death stare and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm Kobe, like, it's Kobe. just nothing. To me, it's just like, you're a carbon copy. You're not the original. Your death stare is not as authentic as MJ's. You're cursing out players. You're ridiculing players. This is not, you're not doing this. The cameras are in the corner practice. So you're trying to showcase your brand of leadership, you're trying to be like MJ, but this is this is not really what you're doing. And, and he was doing it with players that, like, okay, like when he got Pau Gasol and Ron Artest and all those dudes on the team. So Ron Artest would be the last person he tried that shit with. Of course. So he's very selective about it. But it's just like... Yeah, he was he he tried to be a carbon copy, but he was never he was never the original. I'm talking about the player. And then he he Kobe never ruled with an iron fist. It was never his team from the beginning. No, by that point, by that point, it was Phil. Yeah, because you had like okay, all right. So here's the thing: it was it was Shaq's team. Because remember, you had a different coach yep. when Shaq was dominating, and then it turned into Phil. And then it, okay, Kobe was the only superstar, was the main superstar, but it was Phil Jackson's team. So I know that probably hurt some mm-hmm. some Kobe fans that I said that, but that was Phil Jackson's team. That'll be all right. That'll be all right. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Kobe. But I'm not going to look at you with rose-colored glasses. 
just because you passed in a tragic way, I show respect. But end of the day, he had a lot of tragic, not tragic, but he had a lot of fatal flaws in his game where he wouldn't instill confidence in those players during the season. And then it came time to need when he needed them, they wouldn't respond. Yeah, because players like Smush Parker need love too. Uh, I mean, it could have been a perfect time for him to mature those younger players that he had on the team, but instead he tried to alienate them and they don't respond to that, yeah. especially when it's really not your team anyway. Yeah, because just think, White Howard wouldn't have been banging prostitutes if it wasn't for <laughs> <laughs> when the fact that Kobe was, was – I'm, I, I was about to, I'm catching myself right now. <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, man. <sighs> so, well. What's going on in the chat? Kobe. Kobe took negative approach because he was trying to prove things individually. Um, yeah. I'm have an 81-point game against the Raptors. Okay. I mean, look at his last game of his career. And they – and. The t- and his teammates basically they just it was like all right just shoot shoot everything like it's like it's gonna be the last time this old nigga come in the locker room bro we good it's gonna be our time next year mm. you can't tell me the jazz weren't just moving out of the way for that nigga letting him anyway didn't he hit the game winning shot in that game yeah, essentially yeah hit the game winning shot against ghosts on the court because hey nobody was playing defense that game sorry ass Utah Jazz they were abysmal right here. Mm. I mean, he, he had like what 60 60, I mean, 60. 60 points on uh 50 shots. Okay. About yeah, like, they couldn't follow him and make him make free throws that much and the release reduces shot attempt. See, here's my thing, right? Just to get on this guy, I, I, I hate doing this because, like I say, he passed away tragically, and I don't want people to think I'm not a Kobe fan. But I gotta get on my Kobe soapbox for a second. My issue with Kobe fans is that. What they do is they make excuses for his legacy and they make excuses for his lack of credentials, but the excuses don't hold water because the people that they knock for the same thing just makes it look, it's like, oh, well, you know, he sat on the bench for a year and a half. Whose fault is that? LeBron did it. Oh, well, you, it's like, come on, stop. KD didn't. Oh, well, you know, I'm like, he wouldn't have sat on the bench if he went to the Hornets. <laughs> I mean, and then you look at his playoff shortcomings. They always make excuses. Well, he was young. Yeah, LeBron was 18. I feel sorry for him. He was put in that situation every single night. Shoot, a lot of players in the old NBA that came out of high school. Moses Malone. Uh, Amari Stoudemire came out of high school had to play a big role right away. KG had to carry the yep. Timberwolves immediately. It happens. Only person that seemed like it didn't work out for was Kwame Brown. Right. And that's 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 the knock. That's really the managerial knock on MJ. I'm like, you're the greatest player of all time, but can't recognize talent if you if it was standing in front of you. And you chose you chose chose Jerry um, Stackhouse over Kwame, Well, well, that and he chose Kwame Brown over Pau Gasol. Yeah, just think if the Wizards had Pau Gasol. But I mean, it's like these Kobe these Kobe apologists like. Keep his career in perspective. He has five rings. For three of them, he wasn't the best player on the team. 
He averaged about 24 points for his career. And you can make all the excuses you want about that. You can talk about him scoring 50 in four straight games. I'm sorry. Your average in your career means a lot because I look at averages. I don't look at totals. LeBron's going to break the total points record. It's a good accomplishment considering the fact he's kind of a pass-first guy. But still, what's your average for your career? Kobe's prime was spent as a loser. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but his team wasn't winning. So... Yep, that's that's pretty much the post Phil Jackson, post Shaquille O'Neal Lakers with Kobe as Rudy Tomjanovich. Then Phil came back; they still weren't winning. And then Jerry West went and sabotaged his own team that he was playing uh, that he was the president of basketball operations for, just to see his old team thrive. Mm. So, I mean, you know, that's how shit is. Well. That being said, we are approaching the end here to episode 142. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was. Yeah, yeah we, we, I, I felt like we got a lot out t- with this episode because. Um, yeah, we did. So, BF, if, if you're listening, you can, you can come back in for a little bit. Um, hmm. So. Are there any questions coming from the chat like that we can talk about just for like a split second as we wrap this up? Ha ha ha! Wow. Yeah, VF did bring up a lot of good points. <laughs> That's funny. VF brought up a lot of good points. So, any questions, see. concerns? Anything? What the fuck? Oops. Oh, what'd you do? I'm on 2K late tinkering with these fucking sliders, and I fuck something up. Oh boy, that's the one thing about sliders. If you mess something up, it's a bitch. Because if you save it under the first, like you say, if you save it under the wrong file, it's like. Ooh. I have no thoughts on UFC. Uh, how do y'all? F- uh, quick thoughts on UFC. What about it, Peter? What like, about it? It was an empty arena pay-per-view. So Damn, good one really, surprisingly. Yeah, so you really just, you know, you could hear all the punches. You could hear all the people shouting instructions that you could barely hear when there was a crowd there. Hmm. Um, I, I was, and this is coming from a person that didn't watch the pay-per-view, but I caught a glimpse of it as far as through a highlight that, that one knockout that I saw. And it's just like, it's it. It's pretty much you can play the video game and get that type of experience, even though there's a crowd in there. It feels like an empty arena fight when you play the game. So, um, so Peter, I'll say, um, the one thing I liked was that a lot of those dumbass fans that go there are like bloodthirsty, and they they don't like seeing tactical matches they just kind of bitch if nobody's getting knocked out it's not a complete slugfest yeah so there's that lack of pressure for the for the uh combatants to and just in general from a viewer's perspective i don't want to hear these dumbasses booing 
because because oh my god, it's not it's not a fucking bloodbath. I mean, it's like with the crowd there. It's like if you don't perform a fatality, you ain't shit. It's crazy. Feels like it's crazy. It makes no sense to me. Like you didn't finish him. You. It's like. It it doesn't make much sense to me. It just it's it's like I don't get why people show up to UFC, and I know it's the casual fans, and it's kind of still that thing that a lot of casual fans go and watch because they expect it to be a knockout because they're using four ounce gloves. I get it, but there are people who watch UFC all the time. And who's boring? Why was it boring? Because somebody didn't get knocked out. Holy fuck! In the main event. I think Gaethje's ready to face um, all comers. I mean, fucking Khabib, uh, Connor, whoever. And it was a dominant performance. I don't agree with Dana saying that um, Ferguson looked a step slow. I think that's taking too much credit away from what Gaethje did. Um, He made Ferguson look like Ferguson usually makes his opponents look. Ferguson was in shape. He was ready. He can say he didn't prepare for a striker like Gagey. That's fine. But got your ass whooped. Um, as for the Tony Hawk, I played that a lot when I was a little kid. A lot, a lot, a lot. So I'm I'm amped about that. Have a little bit to wait, but you know, it's cool. How about you, DJ? How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm kind of mixed about it because, you know, me being older, mm. I was like the skate or die type of player. Mm. So I enjoyed that, and I felt like Tony Hawk didn't do that for me. Mm. But that snowboarding game that came out during the nineties, I forgot, I forgot the name of it. That mm. if they brought that back, because mm. I have, because um, we do have a next gen version of or current gen version of snowboarding. I forgot the name of it, but Ubisoft uh, did it. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed that for the time I spent with it, and it, you know I may go back to it. You know if it ever feels hot in the room, I can go and play that and feel huh. feel, feel cold because all the snow and stuff like and all the stuff that you can do. It's not just snowboarding; you can ski. You I think you can hang glide in that game. Hmm. So it's a lot, but uh, but I'm sticking to my main ones. Like I said, I'm gonna go back to my franchise. I just pitched a one hitter. Combined one hitter with uh, Max, Max Scherzer. I damn near had a no hitter. I hung a curveball in the fifth inning, and the guy laced it in the center field. So, and Max finished with 113 pitches for the game. Struck out 12, walked three. I went up. I was going up uh, against the Cubs. I won the game one nothing, and the one run came in the top of the, no bottom of the first leadoff home run. Adam Eaton. Hmm. So the game was one nothing. Beat you, Darvish. Okay. And he, I'm like, minus that home run, almost unhittable. Change up curveball, it was just impossible hmm. to really get a beat on him. I finally knocked him out. I think in the sixth inning, but still, we st- no one was scoring runs. So mm. Creative Park is back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. As long as they keep it pretty much exactly the same. Okay. Anything anybody, else? Yeah, has anybody got anything else before we head out? Because we're about 
six minutes till uh, ten. Mm-hmm. So we we got in a good couple hours. You know, I do appreciate everybody coming. We got, I think we got to about twelve people today. Mm-hmm. So it was a good turnout. Definitely right. like to get some more. Um, I know on our end we got to work on it a little bit more. We got to get more advertisement out, hashtags, mm-hmm. all the good stuff. So we're gonna. We're going to go back to the drawing board a little bit just to see how we can accomplish that. Um, any feedback from you guys would be would be helpful. And, I, and when I mean feedback, because I just, I recently, this brings up, I just recently did a poll and wrapped up around noon today. And um, I only got one person to comment on it, seven people to really uh, to vote on it. So I didn't really bring it up. I was going to use it as a talking point for the slaughter talk, because we did talk about rosters a little bit, but unfortunately, I didn't get enough participation, so I was just like, fuck it. <clears throat> so, um, and it really was going to lead into, like, if you you play a game like 2K with the rosters, the way it's set up, do you play with the community sliders or do you play with the official? And the one person that did respond and actually gave me feedback, you know, when you use the keyboards to to, to, to use the letters to formulate words that put together a sentence it ends with a period or a question mark or exclamation mark, however you want to end it with like spaces in between. Um, they actually was like, oh, I use the official rosters, but I edit them, which I can understand because more than likely, that's what everyone else is doing. That literally is what everyone else is doing. But like we brought out in that topic, there's an issue with the person who does the rosters in the first place. For yeah, he sucks. So, whatever your name is, you suck. Oh yeah, and there was another poll I put out back like a while back, and this was kind of like a funny poll. But you know, Bills wound up winning this poll. This one was who would win in a death match, <clears throat> and Bills won. I think out of four people that voted, two voted for him, one voted for me, and one voted for VF. And the quote, uh, well, there were there was a there was a there was a post in the DMs, and then there was a response that wound up being the MVP of that whole poll, because VF was like, "I'm not a fighter." Well, I sent him a GIF that was of a Star that Wars, episode, and it was like, "Then you will die," because <laughs> I said it was a death match. It wasn't and it builds you thought we were talking wrestling. I was like, no, yeah, fight no. to the death. I'm like, he doesn't want to fight, then he dies first. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Shoot, I don't play. Oh man. All right, VF, where you at? He probably chiming, but like I was probably over there playing Giga Wing. Well, uh, we know he ain't playing Mag. Oh, God. Yeah, because in order to end this, he has to. Unless he, you may have to call him. I'll probably text him. Like, like we're done here. Yeah, chime in. He probably fell asleep. Right, I gotta get some things done, and he like goes and falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Smitty Junior. Oh God. Oh, there he is. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> so all you gotta do is talk about him. He'll pop up. What y'all niggas say about me? Smitty used to knock the fuck out in our calls. You talk about uh, narcolepsy? 
I still maintain <laughs> we should have recorded some of them. Oh man, this man would be snoring. Like some of those calls were legendary. Rip Van Winkle. Out cold. Rip Van Winkle. Hit his man breathing heavy. Like, dude's still sitting in his chair with the controller in his hands, slowly, like the controller slowly dropping out of his hand. Y'all, y'all can hear me? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Hear can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Oh boy. Oh, you can't hear us. He well, must, then. he must have been asleep. All right, hold up. Oh, he hears the delay because I thought I heard the uh, delay in the background. What do they say when the cat's the way the mice will play? <laughs> That's basically what this episode play. was about. <laughs> Pretty much. While we're waiting, um, just to let you know that my channel on YouTube under my name, Derek Jordan, is sponsored by Hold on, Energy. It the energy drink in itself, it does taste good. It has different assortment of flavors. They have different brands. They have regular energy, and then there's like extreme energy that gives you like double the amount of caffeine. So just need mm. those. If you want 10% off, you can always use my uh, Twitter handle, DJ81. You can go to rogueenergy.com. Order you up some. I'm telling you, it's good. DJ Clean with energy. The, with the shameless plug. Hey, whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, give, it, give it a try. Like I said, 10% off. You can't beat that. As soon as they come out with a flavor like that's called snack a pussy, I'll be right there. Wow. <laughs> or snag. All right, can y'all hear me now? Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to back out because what it was, my earpiece, well, my ear, my headphones uh, were tied to the actual YouTube channel and not the mm. the uh, stream yard. So when y'all heard me, it was a delay. Well, when I heard y'all, it was a delay. Cause I heard y'all based on the YouTube channel, not the actual live stream. So yeah, that's what I was. That's what I figured out. Cause I could tell you when you responded, you were responding to the delayed audio. Oh, get that shot, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I had to back. I had to back out and come back in. All right, so y'all good, y'all? Yeah, what we're, we're good. All right, I just real. I just found out that uh, Tekken Seven is on Steam for nine dollars, so I bought that. They won't have a virtual fighter six anytime soon. Well, yeah, well, we need we need to go riot at Sega for that because they they Sega been sitting on a whole bunch of IPs. I mean, they, it was an act of, act of God for them to bring out Streets Rage four because people been people been wanting that since the damn Sega Saturn days. But I mean, let, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Daniel Daniels like, was this a Verizon commercial? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, what is this? One forty-two. Yep. I'm pretty sure you guys did a good job. Probably talked some shit. I ain't worried about that. I, I know <laughs> how to. I know <laughs> how to. I, I came in just now. 
Yeah, <laughs> I came in every now and then to listen to what y'all was doing, man. It's all good. Now I had some stuff to do around the house, man. It's all good. So. Um, like I said, one forty-two first and frame rates. I'm pretty sure this was a success. Again, thanks to everybody who came through. Put some questions in the chat. I pretty pretty much sure y'all did. Um, yeah, we had to hold a gun at the, to their head right. to, to, to put some up. Dang, y'all still not yeah, man. I got, we, I got a bunch of Helen Kellers in here. I mean, I thought it was like you know, you know common knowledge that Q Tuesdays was Q and A, but you know, but apparently they forgot about the the cool. I mean, they showed up. I mean, we appreciate it because I mean, we got some loyal people. I see Peter in the chat. I haven't seen him in a while. What's Next time, bring some hoes. MJ will like it. Some bitches and some hoes. Some bitches and some hoes. <laughs> I see Peter in the chat, uh, Metal Face, Tadell52, he's here live. Whoa, wait a minute. King David's actually here? He, he's, he, was awake. he was awake? All right. What's that supposed to mean? No, he usually, <laughs> no, he usually sleeps through the day and wake up in the middle of the night. Like, Is he a vampire? Oh, yeah, he, he, he's like the opposite of everybody, you know, so he don't usually be up like, yeah. He, he, Thank you, Metal Face Doom. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate you guys did a pretty good job from what I see. All right. Um, if you want to catch us on Thursday, we come back with more topics. You know, same old, same old. Um, catch out DJ's uh, uh, content. He's been live streaming lately. Bills, since he has a console, he has no excuse. He needs to start putting something out too. Um, first off, <laughs> <laughs> tell Xbox to get my audio on my videos, and I'll gladly put some shit out. Until then, I guess I'll have to make some YouTube videos. Yeah, know. fuck that, man. Make that shit with no sound. No, I'm just messing with you. Hey, I got a um a video coming out tomorrow. It's not what you guys think. It is a racing game, but it's not the racing game you guys think. I think it's pretty unique, so I'm going to put that. That'll be out later on tomorrow. Oh, Bro, if I had audio for my console, I would probably do that SnowRunner game. I'd probably stream it, like a walkthrough of it, but... Right. Yeah, since we have you just for a little bit longer. What's uh, up? SnowRunner game. Have you seen it? Have you... I mean, I looked at it. I haven't really looked at everything about it. Let me... Um, it's going to be interesting. It's, to get it's pretty Steam, dope, right? man. Yeah. Well, PS4 and thing, it's on all of them. I think. I don't see it on Steam. Well, it should be on PS4 for sure. Okay. Well, you know, I don't have my PS4 anymore. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you have your Xbox, right? You no. YouTube. Jesus. Yeah, there you go. I got YouTube. There we go. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have any of those. Cars. I was thinking about getting my um, PS4 back for um, Last of Us 2 because I, I am running through The Last of Us 1 again. So by the time Last of, Last of Us 2 come out, I should have my PS4 back. So I vowed um, that I'm going to wait until next gen, but... I don't know. This is the police. I have that on Steam. Uh, I've seen that. That should dope. I, I gotta see that on Steam, but the SnowRunner game is not. But um, um, I'm gonna look into that. Definitely, I, I do need. I do need to get my PS4 back. I got too many games just sitting out there in limbo. I I need to own those games. So I need my. I, yeah, I, I I need my I need my console back because I got I got almost 200 games on my PS4. I need those back. I don't want to be sitting there talking. About, I'm not getting another console. Like, nah, I, I need I need that back. But um, PS5. Um, there's supposed to be some type of reveal tomorrow. So I guess we'll talk about that on Thursday. Um, I if it call. happens, yeah, yeah if it happens, because I'm still seeing that that's those are rumors. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
There's also a rumor saying that it, the console was coming out in October as well. Yeah, there's another rumor that Color 19 will also <laughs> make its presence felt. <laughs> so um, we we'll talk about all that um on Thursday, whatever happens, and uh, so uh, we'll just go from there. And um, thanks everybody again for coming through. And I'm gonna go ahead and close this out and catch us on Twitter, you know, Discord. You know where all that stuff is. You can find us. All that's in the description. Uh, all right. Oh, Daniel Daily. Um, I got you. Uh, Gamer tags. Okay. All right. Um, we'll catch you guys on Thursday. You guys take it easy. Uh, peace. Peace. Fuck the Knicks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, my my player plays with the Knicks. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck your 